All right, greetings and good morning. Welcome aboard and welcome home. Inside the Gamecocks, the show, live from the Sinorama Studios, the preferred sign partner of the Gamecocks, Sinorama.com. They, of course, are located in West Columbia. We, of course, are also served by Chicken Cock Whiskey, and we are built by the Barn Dominium Co. The Barndo Co. is what they're called, the BarndominiumCo.com, building your dream home in four states, the Carolinas, Georgia, or Tennessee, for as low as $160 per square foot jc should be here any second now phil and jb here until two o'clock this afternoon mike morgan will be joining us in just a little while hale is going to be off today we'll try to squeeze him in a little bit later on in the week we know it's a busy time with the portal but uh, he's also got some personal things he's got to get taken care of so no hail mcgranahan uh, on a gorgeous tuesday afternoon it is december the 12th here in 2023. Uh, we've got the latest bracketology out. That's good news for Gamecock basketball. They will be back on the floor a little bit later on this week as well. And uh, we've got bowl season cranking up later on this uh, this weekend too. So the first few games will be kind of rolling themselves out. And we'll be able to watch some college football for the next few weeks. And then we'll pack it up and wait until next August to do it all again, Phil. It seems like, as always, it has flown flown by but um, everybody merry christmas and good morning phil yeah good morning good morning yeah that always flies by and then next thing you know we blink and it's summertime and we're you know <laughs> parsing a depth chart and, and trying to project who's going to start and who's not again it'll be it'll be quick it'll be quick <laughs> that and hey it looks like basketball is going to be fun to watch and uh you know Baseball looks like uh, they're gonna, you know, never have base runners and just not dingers all, you know. Yeah, there's balls flying <laughs> all out season, of the so we'll take that. There's no doubt the uh, the Gamecocks yeah. <laughs> uh, baseball program is is looking to get back to Omaha, and uh, the it is leaving the yard in a hurry over there. They have had a tremendous fall. Uh, certainly looking forward to 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 seeing those guys coming up here in the spring, and we've uh, we got some things we're working on for Carolina baseball too. Uh, all that would be announced. After the new year, uh, I will go ahead and start putting this out there. And uh, 
uh, folks, uh, December 21st will be the last day we will be on the air this year. We'll be back on January the 2nd. Uh, JC, of course, is getting married. Um, but in addition to that, it is Christmas and New Year's, and we're going to take some time off and spend time with our families and get refreshed. We've got a lot of work to do behind the scenes. So uh, December 21st, which is the day after signing day, uh, will be our final day until January the 2nd. So we hope all of you will have a very Merry Christmas and a Happy yep. New Year, and then we'll see you in 24. Depending on – I'm flying back the 2nd, so I may – you may not see me till the 3rd. Yeah. Just to well, let you guys know. It's, uh, we oh, can yeah. handle that. I'm sure you can. I'm sure you can. I'm sure yeah. you can. There's no honeymoon, though. I'm coming back hitting the ground running, so it'll be good. Yeah, um, no. honeymoon's over. Yeah, I mean, Phil mentioned basketball. Lenardi has the Gamecocks in his field yeah. right now. Yeah. Uh, sure does. Uh, you, know, you, you look at the net rankings, they're actually looking good. You know, I think Lamont – Lamont – when he talked about the schedule this year, it's almost like he actually researched it and looked and said, all right, how can we win games and not overschedule ourselves, but also do ourselves favors with the net? And I don't know what he did, whether some of the teams they've played have better efficiency, because I don't like that and I don't pay attention to it mm-hmm. or whatnot, but they're up there. I mean, and that surprised me because I didn't think their schedule was quite strong enough to to warrant that kind of net ranking. So, um, you know, got to win these next four, but uh, they'll be favored. Well, you've got the efficiency too. Yeah, efficiency. Like offensive and defensive efficiency goes heavy into all this stuff, and they've Mm -hmm. thus far been pretty good on that front. And, you know, Clemson is 13th in the net ranking and the Gamecocks were winning up there by 11 points. They lost the game, of course. Could you imagine what that win would have done uh, for them had they pulled it off? But uh, but they didn't. But but it didn't hurt them, actually. It, it stabilized them a little bit. So if they take care of these next four games, they're not going to – they might slide here a little bit here and there depending on how the like those numbers look, the offensive and defensive efficiency numbers. Um, they, might, they might gain a couple of spaces because of that. But uh, what it really does is it gives them wiggle room when they get into SEC play. And they generally don't have wiggle room. They're generally trying to find their way into the tournament, right? They get yeah. to steal a game or two in the SEC if they're knocking on the door, and they haven't been able to do that. Uh, but now they've got wiggle room. They, they would be actually, again, this isn't the committee, it's Lenardi, but they, they would be right there already con- literally considered a tournament team when league play starts if they take care of business the rest of December and uh, they would just continue to either secure that spot or they work their way out. They're not having to work their way in. Yeah. And I, I'm going to say this calling all Gamecock fans to care about basketball at all. That first conference game is at home against Mississippi state. The, the Mississippi state is right there in the top 30 of the net. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're ranked in the AP poll earlier this year. Um, very good basketball team. That game, I think guys, if I'm not mistaken, tips off at noon. It's also nationally televised by CBS. You're on network TV. Yeah. I don't, you know, if you have uh, season tickets and you can't go, give them to someone. I mean, they need to, that really needs to be a, a, uh, a defining moment for this program. I know it's a conference opener and you got, what, 17 more games to go after that. But you could really make a statement about South Carolina basketball before on a national stage 
if the fans show up and it doesn't look like there's a, a sea of guarded empty seats at the CLA. And I know a lot of that has to do with the configuration and all that, but uh, boy, oh boy, if there's ever a time, if you care about basketball to show up for a game, uh, please do. Uh, and I don't normally say anything like that, but uh, I think that that is a great opportunity for this program. Is it your birthday today, JB? Today is my birthday. Yes, that is correct. Nat, my fiance, really? brings that oh. up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. How, how did she even know? I, I haven't been on Facebook. I don't know how she knew that. How did you know it was JB's birthday? <laughs> I don't know. I didn't, I didn't know. even know. I was like, oh. One of you actually has some sneakers, right? Happy birthday, dear Jimmy. Happy birthday. What about uh, Mike Morgan? We need to get the Golden Tones to sing it when he shows up at noon. Yeah, he needs to get he needs, he needs yeah, to get ready fine. for karaoke on the twenty eighth. He's got to get his pipes ready to go for that. But yeah, happy happy birthday. Nat says I'm psychic, not psycho. I don't know. That's true. Um, so anyway, <laughs> happy birthday, brother. Seriously, man. It's it's Thanks, an honor. Man. It's an honor to be on this show with you every day. Um, okay, so there is some portal news that just yes. broke on the big spur. Uh, and I think I, I kind of called this and you did. Absolutely. But I didn't I didn't really mean to. I just said this type of guy. I thought one of the two guys at Vandy would be um good portal takes at quarterback for South Carolina because you need depth, but you don't necessarily need to go and spend money for a, a starter. Some of these starters are commanding money, and rightfully so if you look at the impact of transfer quarterbacks in college football these days. I mean, it's, a, uh, I guess, what, five out of the last seven Heisman winners have been transfer quarterbacks. So mm-hmm. there's that. But A.J. Swan, I thought, was the better of the two between he and Seals. Seals is a little older. But when Swan took over, and, J.B., I've got to give you credit on this, too. I remember you saying – at the beginning of the year, back when we were kind of all thinking Vandy would be better than they were. Um, I remember you talking about this guy. Uh, he's a good quarterback. Um, yeah. If you can land him, land him. I heard through the grapevine a couple, like last week, that he would be interested in South Carolina. Obviously, pass that on a little bit. And, uh, you know, so hopefully things materialize with um, with AJ. Uh, I think that would be a, a really good insurance plan there uh, if you uh for lack of a better term and, and maybe a guy that can compete for the starting job i mean he, he's a starter before so um and i think he's a really, really good smart guy with a good arm absolutely yeah i think that um i think that, so this this is a this is interesting yeah you nailed this last week and um you know you go back a couple of weeks ago to win the name KJ Jefferson first came up and we talked about the fact that if they add a portal quarterback, you, you, you want to add somebody who is, um, who's going to create competition. Right. And, 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 you know, I don't, I I'm still kind of blown away that there are folks out there that think that there just doesn't need to, well, Lenar sellers is our quarterback. Well, that's great. But it, in this era, you recruit over everybody. I, I still cannot believe – like, I even had somebody say it personally to me yesterday when I was picking my kids up from school. Yeah, but you don't want to bring somebody in. It, it might scare sellers off. I'm like, well, then he's not your quarterback. If it scares Lenore – and it won't. I mean, it won't. But, like, you see what I'm saying? Like, 
if your starting quarterback or, or who's perceived to be your starting quarterback is scared to have somebody come in to help fill up the depth chart and they're going to leave because of that, then he was never going to be any good anyways. So get rid of him. Yeah, it, but that, but that's, not the, that's not the situation here, and you have got to have depth at that QB position because if you don't, you literally have no – there is not a soul behind Lenore Sellers. None. You'd Nobody. have to go, be Doty or Reno. And I think, quite frankly, I think Luke Doty's going to probably be a, a full-time receiver, receiver kind of yeah. gadget yeah. guy. Uh, and I think I think if Doty has a good an offseason of doing it and repping, he showed some signs of life. He struggled sometimes, but then there were games he'd get open. And when he when he gets open and catches the ball, he can, he can make some things happen. Um, and then you need depth at receiver too. So uh, this would be big. I'm not saying they're going to get Swan. I don't know who else is after this kid. Um, I just know that that's a guy that, you know, in my mind, I was like, well, that's the kind of guy they need uh, to go in and compete. And what does she and Beamer say all the time? This program is about competition. Yeah. And he's also said before he likes a lot of quarterbacks. So, yeah, I think you'll add him and maybe a walk-on or two uh, to kind of fill out that room so they can rep and, and stuff like that. So I, uh, I think that's really good news. I think that's really good news as far as, uh, you know, the quarterback situation next year. Because the last thing you want – and, look, let's be honest. Lenore Sellers, if he is the starter, they're going to – they're going to run him. I mean, you'd be crazy not to, but sometimes those guys will get banged up. You know, even they may just need a break during a game. I mean, you know, KJ Jefferson at Arkansas, one of the toughest guys I've seen play the position, by the way, took a beating with that team. I mean, they would just, I saw some games where they were winning and he'd run it and just, I mean, just a meat grinder. So I think there's a need there. And I think a guy like AJ is probably, right up what the, you know, kind of right there kind of guy they need to, to get. Yeah, I, 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 you know, I think you're spot on. I mean, that the, the Gamecocks need to continue to add depth and they need to continue to create competition and they need to build men in this program. I mean, you know, we, I, I think that there are some areas where, quite frankly, they've been a little soft. Uh, I'll be honest with you. Um, yeah. And I think a lot, I no think doubt. there's, I think there's some quality people who think that too. And, um, and so they need to continue to figure those things out. And then, you know, that quarterback room and that running back room, I mean, those are two positions that, I mean, it, it, it just like the offensive and defensive lines, uh, you can just really never have enough depth. You just can't. And, um, I, again, I think Lenore Sellers is the is the quarterback, and I think he's going to be spectacular. But uh, if something happens, your job as a coach is to make yeah. sure that there's somebody behind him who can go in there and play ball. And yeah, uh, it, hand, handing the keys to Dante Reno, as much as I think that kid's going to be tremendous, mm, probably wouldn't be a very smart move for a program that just finished five and seven, JC. Nah, and especially if Luke's, uh, you know, working at receiver most of the time and stuff. So I, and I think quite, I think they'll rep him at both still, but I, you know, just in case, because then, then you'll have an emergency for an emergency, you know. <laughs> what if, what if, what if yeah. Swan's number two, so there's one, they both go down. Reno's not ready. I mean, you could do a whole lot worse than Luke Doty. We've we've seen this before at this program throughout history. I'll, I'll, I'll roll the name Victor Penn out there. I'll roll the name Dickie DeMazie out there. Nothing wrong with those guys. Really good Gamecocks. I mean, I'm not trying to to be ugly about them or anything, but how about the 1999 team, Kyle Crabb, yeah. Kevin Sides, Mikhail Goodman? I mean – Well, those guys did – yeah. 
Yeah. Even even a couple of years ago, I mean, no offense to Jason Brown and Zeb Nolan and Luke with a broken foot, but they, you know, that was not an ideal situation. So uh, I think you learn your lesson. I think I think it's a good move uh, if you could definitely get it. Um, what's going on to fix the lines of scrimmage? Uh, I think if they can find a, an offensive lineman that can come in and help them next year, they will. But it's the same thing, and there's no need to get. They don't need to go get four portal offense. They're recruiting well enough at the high school level, and they did last season to where there's a lot of returning players. Jalen Nichols is coming back. That dude's going to be in his seventh year. Uh, you got to get Case and Henry healthy. Uh, Vershawn Lee is coming back to play center. Um, I don't know about uh, Gargiulo quite yet, but Big Tree is back. Uh, well, what's his name? Ball. Trevon Ball is back. Trey Trevon Jones Ball. is back. You know, um, and then you bring it in Josiah Thompson, Cam Pringle, Blake Franks. Um, right. You still got Brubaker there. You know, they've got numbers on the O-line. Uh, I still don't think they're going to turn a guy away that can help them, though. So that's the deal there. Defensively, they do need help. Uh, you got a big one in today, DeAndre Jules, who I absolutely, guys, I don't know that they'll get him. I'll be honest, I'm not super-duper confident for a number of reasons. <laughs> that dude's a grown man. I mean, and you don't play at Pitt for Pat Narduzzi and not be a tough, you know what, on the D-line. You just right. don't. And I know they struggle. I know Pitt struggled this year, but that guy didn't. Uh, and he's from Germantown, Maryland, where a lot of Carolina's players are from, that, that D.C., Maryland area. Um, apparently, you know, worked his way into the starting job at Pitt. You don't do that at that program without being tough. Uh, he just screams toughness. So, uh, I'm fired up about him. I'm also fired up about maybe some defensive linemen that aren't in the portal right now that uh, could end up being targets down the road. Keep in mind, the portal's still open. It's not closed. It's it's, it's open, open, open. Uh, it will be for a while, uh, so be patient. But um, I think that, that uh, the D-line is, uh, you know, is going to be okay. Uh, and then the O-line, we'll see who they add. I think the key with those guys next year is please just stay healthy. Just stay healthy. And then that's really the mantra for the entire team. You know, there's still not going to be a ton of depth around here. So please, everybody stay healthy. It is 1120 here on this Tuesday, December the uh, 12th. We do need to step aside, but it is, of course, the Christmas season, and you can stuff those stockings with the Hall of Fame pack from Billy G's Carolina Barbecue, carolinabarbecuesauce.com. You can order it. It'll be delivered to your doorstep. You get a pair of sauces. You get the sweet heat. You get the Carolina mustard. And then, of course, you've got the rub in there. The secret spice is what they call it. We put it on everything in our household, and I would suggest you do that too. It's really good on veggies. It's really good on pork chops. It's, of course, phenomenal on anything barbecue-related. Uh, carolinabarbecuesauce.com carolinabarbecuesauce.com if you're watching that trifecta is what you'll get delivered slip it into someone's stocking and make their holiday season even tastier from Billy G's Carolina Barbecue plenty on the portal to get to plenty of hoops to get to Mike Morgan is ahead as well and we love having all of you here we'll be here till 2 don't go anywhere inside the Gamecocks built by the Barndo Co we'll be right back down here in the South, we don't always see eye to eye. While our taste in college football teams, or what sauce, if any, goes best on a rack of ribs, or what to mix with our Dixie vodka might be up for debate, we can all agree there's nothing better than a Southern tailgate. 
And like our favorite college teams, our ingredients come from small towns and big cities. They're grown in southern soil, are crafted by southern hands, and proudly represent the South in our backyard and beyond. So raise a glass of Dixie Southern Vodka to celebrate being made in America and raised in the South. Electric Bikes of Charleston offers the most fun you'll ever have on two wheels. Magnum, Velotric, Aventon Bikes, and more. And they sell to consumers all across the state and offer outstanding warranties and service after the sale. Five levels of pedal assist plus a throttle help you handle the southern heat better but still get great exercise. Bikes are available all ages and sizes. ElectricBikesCharleston.com or stop into their store in Mount Pleasant. Electric Bikes of Charleston, powering inside the Gamecocks, the show. Hey Gamecock Nation, my name is Kyle, longtime listener of the show and avid golfer. I wanted to take my game to the next level, but let's face it, golf is a hard game to learn on your own. I heard the ad from McKellar Enterprises and reached out to the owner and former Gamecock golfer, Meredith Taylor. In just two months of working with Meredith, I shot my lowest round ever, and I've never felt more confident in my golf game. So if you're looking to take your game to the next level, go to McKellarEnterprises.org and book your lesson today with former Gamecock golfer, Meredith Taylor. Go Gamecocks. Not today, sweetie. One heart's breaking while another one is mending. It's all in the ebb and flow. If I had to, I could go it alone. Because you've become my home. These windows could shut into the ground. These walls could fall right down. It's beginning to look a lot like Christmas Everywhere you go Take a look in the five and ten Listening once again With candy canes and silver lanes aglow It's beginning to look a lot like Christmas Toys in every store But the prettiest sight to see Is the holly that will be on your own front door Welcome back inside the Gamecocks, the show on December the 12th. We are powered by Electric Bikes of Charleston, electricbikescharleston.com. An electric bike may be exactly what you or someone in your family needs this holiday season. You don't have to be in the low country to buy from the best place that sells them in the Palmetto State. Michelle Wilkins and her staff are excellent. Their customer service is better and their prices are the best. Electric Bikes of Charleston, Electric Bikes 
charleston.com. That's the big gift that somebody needs this holiday season. It'll get you from point A to point B up to 28 miles per hour. JC, JB, and Phil, Mike Morgan do up in just a little while. While we were on the air yesterday, we mentioned that the Gamecocks uh, had another commitment incoming, and they eventually got it. It was Jared Brown, wide receiver from Coastal Carolina. He was all-conference honorable mention this year in the fun belt with 58 passes caught for 740 yards and four touchdowns. He stands at six feet tall, weighs 190 pounds, and uh, he also carried the football 252 yards on just 15 carries, and he scored once there as well. JC, what they get in this kid? He's um, you know, he's a thicker kid, about 190 pounds, good speed. Um, don't really have a player comparison for him because uh, a lot of guys that, that get around that 190, 200 mark, you know, they, they don't always keep their speed. He has uh, good after he catches the ball, at making people miss. Uh, deep threat, um, solid player. I think. I think that's a that's a guy when you're talking about replacing guys. You know, that's a guy you can go and, and, and probably count on if you're the offense next year. They still need more at that spot, obviously, but uh, I think that's the deal there. Um, so good pickup for 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 the Gamecocks yesterday. After everybody thought they weren't gonna weren't gonna get him, um, you know, canceled his visits to Auburn and Louisville. So. Uh, I like it. I think it's a solid pickup. Uh, a lot of kids that ended up at Coastal can play, obviously, at this level. So, uh, you know, if he wasn't fast, if he didn't have good hands, maybe I wouldn't be as fired up. But I, I like I like that part of his game. I, I'm always a guy, unless you got like a 6'5 dude that can just leap and like a, like a Sidney Rice or Alshon Jeffrey type at, at receiver. And those guys, they're rare to a certain extent. I'm always going to want speed uh, at receiver. I, I just think. You know, too many times we've seen through the years here, guys, you know, coaches go size over speed at certain positions and it just doesn't work out. But uh, this guy's got speed, so it's good. Uh, he's excited to be at South Carolina. I cannot, I can't tell you where I got this from, but his text to uh, somebody that was sent to me uh, when asked how his visit to Columbia went, he said, I loved it. And then proceeded to text one letter at a time, L. O V E D I T. Uh, so he was very excited about being up there with the Gamecocks and, of course, pulled the trigger yesterday. Uh, Jerome Simmons did that this past weekend. He's kind of that big butt DT that they need. Um, they've been looking for some some girth to shove right there in the middle, especially if they're going to continue to to deploy the 3-3-5 from time to time. We, we don't really know exactly what they'll end up doing. But nonetheless, he still needed a guy that was going to be hard to move around at the tackle position, JC, um, and uh, and it seems like they've got that. Jerome Simmons out of Bamberg, South Carolina. Ah, massive guy, and you need beef up front of the D-line. Uh, I always like in-state defensive linemen, and if you think about it, uh, let's say he's the fourth guy next year, which I don't know that he, you know, I, 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 it's too, there's too many variables with him not coming in until May to, to really predict that, but start thinking about it, you know, you talk in state, TJ Sanders is in state, Boogie is in state, uh, this guy will be in state, uh, Nick Barrett's from North Carolina, Elijah Davis is still there from in state, so D-line heaven, baby, uh, and that, they needed more girth uh, on the interior, um, and so I think this is a guy that uh, that could really, uh, really help, really help, so uh, 
that's uh it's good stuff there I, I want to talk about something here in a second by the way yeah sure some quick breaking news too from 24 7 sports the employer of one schubert uh the true freshman all-american team is out and the gamecocks jalen kilgore has made the defensive side of that squad congratulations jalen kilgore he is Got a bunch of true freshman, All-American, All-Conference type awards that will be coming his way over the next couple of weeks. He's already landed a few, but uh, Jalen Kilgore picked by 24-7 Sports uh, as a as an All-American. Uh, another young safety that the Gamecocks will look to capitalize on next year. Uh, between him and Nicky Mawari and DQ Smith, although earlier in the year both those guys had their struggles from time to time, they still have all been named All-Americans in the last two seasons, every one of them. Uh, yeah. You'd like to think the outlook of that position is pretty good. You know, that's J- – Jalen, it's kind of funny 24-7 Sports did that because we had to – I mean, I don't want to say beg, but we had to heavily politic to get that kid four stars last year. <laughs> I mean, I, you know, I just uh, – I got some smart aleck remark when I was getting feedback on him about Tennessee Tech being in his top five, and he just did that kind of – I think is a tribute to his brother who was there, right? Right. Right. Yeah. Man, yeah. The right. Things that. They, uh, anyway. So. Um. So that's that. And so I was. We, we were right. We called that one. But uh, I want to talk about a time I was wrong because too many times, people, uh, guys, people, people don't aren't accountable, and I always talk about people being accountable. So, one of my members who loves to kind of attack me on the big spur with, with no for no reason. Went and found a spur notes from August. Okay. So th- it's kind of funny. Okay. Uh, whereas right, it was spur notes right before, two weeks before the North Carolina game from fall camp. So I'm going to read some experts from it and, and, and we'll, we'll, we'll grade old JC on. And you're really grading my sources because I'm not at practice or anything like that. But uh, so, so the first one I wrote about was Drew Tuizama because he just gotten in there. Uh, and I went through his recruitment or whatever. All right, so listen to this. What type of player are the Gamecocks getting? Someone who is better than departed defensive ends Jordan Birch and Gilbert Edmund from a consistent production and experience standpoint. (laughs) He's a gigantic defensive end with natural strength and quickness. He's already drawn attention from NFL scouts, and as an added bonus, he's a D-line heaven prospect from Raleigh, North Carolina. (laughs) Blah, blah, blah. Because he's an older player with a load of experience, it would not shock me to see him play against the Heels. That said, it may be more realistic to see him against Furman and Georgia, which he did end up playing. Regardless, he's a massive pickup. And while I would lean more toward him going to the NFL after this season, if if things go as planned, he does have two seasons of eligibility left at South Carolina. I was also told that this this is completely wrong, too. He's thrilled to be back in Power 5, which he probably was, and is hungry and excited to make an impact. That this is a motivated individual, and that usually means it's going to be a high motor guy. Well, he got there. He was behind. He he wasn't a highly motivated individual. He did not have a high motor, and he ended up getting moved to the inside. Hopefully, he can contribute next year. But whoa, I mean, dude, come on, <laughs> <laughs> that was terrible. So, you know, I, I, so I go on to talk about Lenora Sellers, and uh, they would put some thought into Sellers' play and should Rattler miss time. That's all true. Uh, I did say the running back rotation was Joyner, McDowell, and then Anderson and Braswell, and it was. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think in time, Braswell and Anderson could make a bigger push for playing time. But right now, Joyner's the guy. McDowell was doing good things. 
Keep in mind, even though he's not an ideal back in the SEC, he does make his share of plays, and he has. Now, here's something that was right. Rattler has had an outstanding camp and is locked in, and it's been well-documented, and Rattler did start the year really well. The offensive line is taking shape. I go on and on. It's like I was told when Jackson Hughes signed not to underestimate how big him getting in was and not using the scholarship. I think he played one game. Now, Lee is, for Sean Lee, crazy good camp, playing the best football of his career. That's true. Ja'Kai Moore's best spot is on the interior. That's true. Even though he's capable at tackle, he's playing at a high level. He was till he got hurt. You know, Gargiulo's been outstanding and one of the most high-level performance in the preseason, and I think he was pretty good. Fugar, Sydney, has come a long way since the spring and worked his butt off to get to this position. He's huge and has great strength. Thank God I didn't go any further than that. <laughs> I didn't mention footwork or uh, anything of that nature. So, and Sydney's got two more years, man. So I know people pick on him. One of the bigger pieces of news on the line concerns the future. Trey Babalade has had an outstanding camp, but has been far ahead of whether he expected him to be. That was true. He's been repping at tackle, also true. Marquis Anderson is at a great camp pre-injury, uh, and when he's not been banked up, context believe both will see plenty of playing time this season, and that bodes well for the future. I was right. Mm-hmm. At receiver, the Omega Blake talk is real per my context. He's much faster than people give him credit for, and the light has come on, so to speak. He ran with the ones most of the second scrimmage, constantly made plays this preseason, never count out Rock Hill prospects, folks. I, I don't think I was necessarily wrong there. Maybe I oversold it a little bit. Omega did play. He did contribute a couple touchdowns this year. Uh, inconsistent, though. So, consistency from preseason to inconsistent during the season. He's in the portal anyway. Uh, Eddie Lewis is a player internally they feel can give the offense big plays through the course of a game. Well, the, when he got on the field, he did. But he has to stay healthy and consistent. And I should have said on and off the field, but we know what he didn't play. Xavier Leggett, per my contacts, should have the breakout year everyone expects. Right. He did uh, that. One, of the, one yeah. of the keys to the passing game is going to be Amari Brown. Brown is extremely dynamic, and his speed is well documented. Consistency and confidence are his keys. You can see it on the field. The reverse against UT last year was a big play game of confidence. The next week he snagged the first punt of the second half against Clemson, had a big return. Then against Notre Dame, he had an unfortunate fumble, and it deflated it. This preseason he's shown that consistency, and he's a player the staff feels like can have his best season. In fact, he's a big key because – like but the Demir Bird back in the day, he's a touchdown waiting to happen. I think all that's true. I just don't think Amarian Amarian was a key, was a key to the passing game. It was key that he didn't drop these passes. It was key that he was a more consistent performer. It was a key that he could stay healthy. That didn't happen all year, and nothing against him. It was reiterated to me. Carolina has a special uh, pair of playmaking tight ends in Josh Simon and Trey Knox. I called Judge Collier playing. Um, I did not necessarily call the starting D-line because it and when they went to the three-man front, this was the starting uh, four, Hemingway, Sanders, Huntley, and Strong. Anyway, I like to admit when I'm right, and I'm certainly going to admit when I'm freaking wrong. <laughs> and that drew to Izama, and it's the first paragraph of the article, too. Long, <laughs> in-depth. My God. I mean, I, I didn't even realize that. So, um. Matt Anderson, our late night Gamecock show uh, guy, just texted me and said, "Happy birthday, brother! I hope it's a great day." I, I think he misheard us. It's JB's birthday, man. Yeah, right. You're off by a letter, Matt. 
But thank you. So anyway, I just wanted to – Bruin said take the L's. I I, I want to let you guys know I'm always going to take the L's, man. And, and, you know, I, I'm looking back on that Tuazama thing because I, I knew about all that. I knew about him. And, and my, by God, if you watched his UAB film, I thought he was a guy who was going to help. I mean, they went through a lot of trouble to get him in. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, yeah, well, I mean, I – I, I'm, I'm from the uh, Mike Cisco school of uh, thought. Deny, deny, deny. Deny, 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 <laughs> deny. But uh, I just I just thought it was funny this guy did. And, you know, I mean, look, hey, I was I never said that. I so was I'm batting. put my name on it. It wasn't me, pal. <laughs> my, my lineup in that article batted 800, but my cleanup spot was just 0 for 5 with 5 strikeouts. Uh, <laughs> well, that's the part I love about it. It was like, I need to take a quick L right quick, but I'm going to follow it with all the shit that I was right on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's, that's how it was written, but I was that's like, right. man, you know, because I started, I was like, why did this dude bump this today, of all days today, you know? And he, of course, wanted right. to argue about a wrong about Amari and Brown and Omega Blake. Like uh, sometimes, if you say anything positive, fans think, "Oh, superstar." So, uh, but no, it, it, you know, you got to kind of read between the lines. But God, it would have been nice that Amari and Brown had a broke record and Omega Blake had breakout years, in my opinion. But, uh, <laughs> was not meant to be. But anyway, that that Drew Duazama thing was so god awful that uh, I probably should go hide. But I'm not because I've been wrong before. <laughs> well, wrong. AJ, AJ Swan is visiting South Carolina today, and you were right on that just last week. Uh, so yeah, can, yeah, we'll, we'll cross those things out. And um, you know, hey, in your in this industry, you you get good info, and sometimes you get bad info, and sometimes you get good info, and it doesn't end up looking like good info because you can't control players. And what yeah, they do. I mean, like, yeah, I mean, so Drew too is. I mean, he's still on the team, still with the program. He needs to work hard, you know. And the bad thing is, I, that that last part was purely my opinion, based on his desire to get like things that didn't matter. Like I looked at his Twitter account and saw he was, and this is why you don't do that. I looked at his Twitter, saw he's happy to be there. He looked like an absolute beast, and I was like, this guy worked his butt off to get him. He's going to come in fired up and hungry. And that was that was my I speculated, and that's where it screwed me. Uh, there's a lesson learned, JC. Don't freaking speculate on social media. And I did it, and I'm wrong. And I apologize. <laughs> nah. Well, it's, uh, That's oh, okay. Oh, good. At some point in time, I'll have enough time to go back four and five months and read through message board threads and right. not, you know, whatever. We don't even allow that because 90% of our members on Big Spur. Hey, Phil, read. what are you doing tonight? Do you have five hours to go back five months with me and uh, read through <laughs> message board threads because that's what really matters in my life? No, Sorry, I'm a little busy tonight. I'm, I'm going sure. back and reading six yeah. months old message Sorry, I had some time with my kids. I, you know, I didn't think about it. Uh, no, it's, uh, like, it's like this. It's like I, I usually don't allow that because 90% of our members on Big Spur just read. They read it like to consume info. So when you bump an old thread and it says Spur Notes on it, people think it's kind of like my, my personal trademark column thing. I've had it since we started Big Spur. Uh, they sit there and think it's new. And they're sitting there reading something about me, and it confuses them. And and that's ninety percent of our paying members. People don't realize this. Only ten percent of our members post. So right. I usually mm-hmm. just delete it because they'll go back on each other and bump post and be like, "See, man, real rude," you know, <laughs> uh, and stuff like that. But 
Um, so I usually just delete it, but I, I figured it was so bad, the Drew Tuizama stuff. I would just lock it and not. I, I, I defended my other positions. I locked the thread, and I'm just going to own it. That's always telling me, just own it. I'm owning just it. Own it. I'm owning it, babe. I'm owning it. So I just, this is uh, bro. You know, look at this. It's, yeah. Hey, look, yeah, look, I, I'm telling you who, who'd sit here and take an L like me, not nobody, but I, I'm so ashamed of that after reading back. Denied, denied. Deny. That I'm like, Oh my God. I mean, if it weren't for the two Azama stuff, I think yeah. it's pretty average on, on preseason notes, but I mean, actually not, not bad at all, but, to that that thing, and I just went on and on and on and on. I mean, and, and wow! You think Reggie White was coming here? Well, maybe he yeah. will one day. That'll be in the next spur notes. Uh, we do need to take yeah. big wash. It's, we need uh, to uh, hit a quick timeout. We got plenty to get to. Don't go anywhere. More on the portal when we return inside the Gamecocks. The show. Chicken cock originated in Kentucky, like so many other bourbons. And so the resurrection of it, you know, Paris, Kentucky, that's the county seat of Bourbon County. So much of this whiskey was being made in that Bourbon County, put on ships and barges and shipped down Ohio, down the Mississippi, and got to New Orleans where it got distributed all over the world. And people kept saying, well, hey, I want some more of that whiskey from Bourbon County. And so that's how Bourbon Whiskey uh, got its name. And chicken cock originated actually in Paris, Kentucky, which is today Bourbon County. If you're in the upstate of South Carolina and are in need of residential real estate services, Cindy Bass Searfoss of Caldwell Banker Kane is for you. Ask her about the village at Creekside, all of her listings in my hometown of Spartanburg, South Carolina, right there on Daniel Morgan Avenue, married to a lifelong Gamecock fan. And many of our listeners have already bought homes from her and been 100% satisfied with the detail and care she uses. Cindy Searfoss, 864-414-5271. Caldwell Banker Kane in the upstate for your real estate needs. Building your dream home is often just that, a dream and sometimes a nightmare. But at the Barndo Company, they commit to quality and build without sacrifice. Customization, open floor plans, limitless flooring options, maintenance-free and easy insulation perks, and affordability are just a few reasons why they've been named one of the best builders in the U.S. Believe in your dreams. Visit thebarndominiumco.com. That's thebarndominiumco.com. The Barndo Company. Gamecock owned. Gamecock operated. The preferred sign partner of Gamecock Athletics is Signorama Columbia, and they should be yours too. A full-service sign company that handles design, production, install, and service, Signorama Columbia has helped to bring to life the perfect vision for so many all across South Carolina. Owned and operated by proud Gamecock alumni, they can handle all types of signage, including interior and exterior, vehicle graphics, and more. Go to Signorama.com and find the West Columbia location, or call them at 803-407-9284. Bring your brand to life with Signorama Columbia and go game packs.
Welcome back. 1145, the Chief Sports Network is our home, the Chief Sports app. Hopefully, you've downloaded it. It is free. You can download it in any electronic device that you've got, the Chief Sports app. That is the home of Inside the Gamecocks, the show. It's the home of J.C. and Morgan. It is the home of Sports Talk. It is soon to be the home of something else and then something else and then something else. Those announcements will be coming soon. And uh, we've also added some other out-of-state programming. An official release on that is forthcoming here in the next couple of days as well. JC, JB, and Phil, Mike Morgan will be in a shade afternoon. Really appreciate some of you who have uh, wished me happy birthday today. That's awesome. I didn't tell anybody it was going to be my birthday. That was Nat. I don't even know how she knew. But I uh, certainly appreciate that, and um, we will uh, will enjoy. I'll enjoy a nice chicken cock for all of you tonight. I'm talking about the bourbon, uh, so none of you make any weird jokes while I'm on the air, at least between now and two o'clock. <laughs> uh, something else that we'll get uh, into a little bit later on is this rumor. I guess uh, that Florida State maybe has just had enough. Uh, I guess they're convinced that because they were in the ACC. Uh, that um, that they need to go to the Big Ten in order to uh, finish undefeated and get into the college football playoff. I, I probably have a little bit of news for them. If they were in the Big Ten, I'm not so sure that they would have been undefeated, but who's counting? Um, but uh, So we'll get into some of that with Mike here coming up in just a little while as well. We'll continue to monitor the transfer portal as well. Gamecocks, if you've missed the news, are expected to have uh, Vanderbilt quarterback A.J. Swan on campus today. Carolina has already received a couple of commitments as well uh, thus far in uh, Jerome Simmons, the defensive tackle from Bamberg, and Jared Brown, transfer wide receiver from uh, Coastal Carolina. But, J.C., let's just be honest, right? Everybody's waiting to find out what is going to happen in the running back room. I know um, we're kind of all just on standby but I'm pretty sure I'm going to echo exactly what you would more than likely say. Um, Carolina is in pretty good shape as of now with both Rocket Sanders and the Attaway kid from North Texas. Has anything changed on that front? Not that I know of. Okay. Uh, I, and then look, I'm like, just like with everything, uh, and I'm not trying to see CMA here. Cover my bunkus. Uh It's just, it's just how it is. I mean, you know, you're you're talking about a world we live in where last year, Marshawn Lloyd, even Jaheim Bell, <laughs> the Gamecock fan base, and got in the portal that night. Uh, Marshawn Lloyd met with Beamer, said, "I want to finish my college career at South Carolina." Goes home over the weekend. Gone, baby, gone. Um, Juice Wells this year. I mean, it. it, it you just never know, you know. Uh, the encouraging thing to me is, number one, I heard Rocket had a great visit. Number two, he's comfortable with Dowell Loggins. He's comfortable with Justin Stepp. Uh, he's comfortable with Taylor Edwards. He knows all those guys came from Arkansas. Um, so that's good. The, the style of offense will be something he's used to. I mean, there is a lot of what uh, Dowell brought with him from Arkansas in the offensive playbook. I think he likes the idea of being the guy. Uh, I think he likes the idea of a, a new start. And just also keep in mind, Muschamp and staff finished second for him out of high school in Rockledge, Florida. Bobby Bentley almost had him. Now, they were recruiting him as a receiver. So was Arkansas. That's why Steph got him. But uh, 
there's just a lot that adds up there with Rocket. Now, uh, I put a little clip of Mike talking about him yesterday. Mike Morgan talking about him yesterday. So I went back and decided to watch his. I watched these this past year highlights in 2022. He is a step. He was a step slower this year, but still better than anything South Carolina had by a mile. As far as breaking tackles, elusiveness, acceleration, footwork, speed, toughness, whatever. And mm-hmm. 2022, dude was sad. I mean, you know, uh, what's the horse that won all the, the triple crown? <laughs> That's how he looked like. Secretariat. Uh, I mean, uh, Derek Dooley compared Marcus Lattimore's secretary at one time. And that's, I mean, I, I was, I was, he's actually better than I remembered him being, uh, you know, so there you go. So, you know, that, that that's, that's, uh, that's the guy, that's the guy. Uh, and I think, yeah, sorry. Well, and, and, but also goes, that's the, that's the number yeah. two guy. Yeah, yeah, it'd, it'd be kind of one through here, two. but I mean, but my understanding also is that South Carolina has not closed the door on bringing in a third back uh, out of the transfer portal if necessary. I, I, so I've got, I had a uh, texting with somebody last night too, uh, JC, who, um, um, said that the, you know the Gamecocks still feel like they're in a pretty good spot with Daniel Hill, and he will announce at the All American game, and I think that's Saturday, January the sixth. As a matter of fact on national TV, that could be a big day for the Gamecocks on national TV because you got South Carolina and Mississippi State in basketball at noon on CBS. And then also on NBC that day, uh, you've got the All-American game where Daniel Hill will be playing. And he might announce to get, that he'll play football for Carolina. But have you heard anything to the contrary about Daniel Hill um, in, in his future? Uh, clearly, I know that he visited Mississippi State this past weekend. Um, Alabama has long been a team that has been heavily in the mix, if not the leader at times. So of course have as South Carolina, um, where, where does that stand? Because I guess what I'm getting at here, Juju coming back from injury, Matthew Fuller uh, coming in as a true freshman, DJ Braswell returning, he'll have a red shirt year. Uh, and then all of a sudden there might be four or five other running backs to just show up out of nowhere. I like, uh, yeah, I, I like Hill a lot and uh, I wish Carolina I wish Carolina could have got him in the boat earlier. I mean, they're kind of fighting some family stuff. Here's the theory, and Hale's had this for a while, and this is this is where I'm kind of I'm latching on to his brain on this. Okay, he told me a long time ago. We were talking with all the Alabama stuff. Good dad wants Alabama, whatever. He's like, I would be surprised at the DNA to see Mississippi State circle back on this kid and get him. His dad played at Mississippi State. They have a new staff. They're excited. You know, you always get that weight rush of momentum when you get a new coach. It's an exciting offense. Uh, if I had to gut feel it right now, I'd probably think it was State. And that's just because, you know, he hadn't visited since June, South Carolina. Kept saying he was and wasn't. Um, I know Carolina's still in contact with him. I know there's some that, that think, there's some that think he'll come, and then there's some that think he won't, thinks he won't. So, um, I, hopefully, there's more intel about him coming up. Everybody's kind of uh, portal mad right now, portal crazy, <laughs> uh, and all that good stuff. 
Um, the high school guys have been kind of quiet. I think that's actually a good thing, uh, an unintended good consequence of the portal, is that it's almost like you're, you don't have other schools very quietly because I think everybody's worried about recruiting their own roster right now and keep it intact. You, you don't have the other schools calling you up, trying to get you in a last minute visit and flip you from the high school ranks uh, as much as maybe in the past. And maybe that's helped South Carolina. I don't know. Maybe they're just all firmly committed. Who knows? But, um, you know, so I, I, I don't know. I, 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 I hope they get, if they got Daniel Hill plus Fuller plus the two quarter portal backs I talked about. Great. If not, I think they should take a third, third back from the portal. I think there's a lot of options out there because uh, you've got to have depth at that position. Um, you know, Mike said on our show yesterday, look, you know, it's uh, you can't get in that situation again like he got last year. It's just it's unacceptable for an SEC program to be in that spot. So uh, wow. I think um, I wish I had I wish I could sit here and tell you, yeah, they're getting Daniel Hill. Woo, let's go. But uh, it's just something about it, man, in my gut. And then based on Hale's theory, which Hale's pretty good at these theories. The tea leaves. I just I don't feel confident about it. I don't, I don't know why. Well, certainly we'll uh, we'll continue to monitor that. He's less than a month from making a decision. Hopefully, Carolina will get some decisions made uh, a little bit later on this week. Uh, hope sooner than later, be better uh, for the program to move forward uh, from the portal. Uh, Rocket Sanders, of course, is the popular name, but the Attaway kid from North Texas is a football player, boys and girls, and uh, they yeah, sure would be happy to have him if they can get him on campus and uh, right now things looking good uh, is, for, is my uh, internet uh, screwing uh, up by the way i just noticed somebody said something yeah, a little spotty yeah, yeah it's, it's not, about I every few minutes it just Jesus, gets a little, little jumpy i'm uh, sorry don my bad um uh, if you missed something I, I just said basically it looks good with rocket looks good with Artaway. don't feel good about hill um that's about uh that's about it i think that's all I said. Well, it is the end of our number one. Mike Morgan is coming up. We have got some hoops to get into with him. We will continue our portal conversation as well. We've got to drive around the SEC today. What else do we have? Uh, well, we were going to do a Fab Five, but we're taking our two weeks worth of bowl practice on Fab Five, and then we'll come back strong next week. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're gonna yeah I do have games. Game. Oh, you have though. a Fab Five winner, though. We have a Fab Five. Winner. We have a winner. Yeah, yeah. And I have our cumulative results. Okay, well. glad I'm, I'm missing that. Yeah, that'd be a good time for you to get out there. Yes, uh, <laughs> and I'll actually. Uh, those of you that follow our programming, I'll be actually be here tomorrow. I usually take Wednesdays off. It's going to be Tuesday this week. There's too much, uh, a lot going on. And it's uh, with Mike Monday and Tuesday, it's better for me to, to rock Wednesdays like a champion. Rocking Wednesdays like a champion. Well, we're going to rock out of this segment here. Any, any last words? Thank you, man. I appreciate it. Um, Certainly appreciate that. Yeah, I'd like to give a shout out to Boo and, uh, to, your, to my boo. So it's a boo. Any uh, more brain boo? busters, Rerudo? <laughs> Into the hour. Mike Morgan up next on the IPT.
Hey folks, it's JB, and as we all know, it's football season. My favorite place to shop for myself and the family is Gamecock Traditions in Lexington. They have the widest selection of Gamecocks attire, plus all the cool accessories for tailgating, cooking, kids, shoes, hats, and so much more. Most importantly for me, you can order online at GamecockTraditions.com, and it's shipped timely to your door. I've been shopping here for years, and I hope you will too. Order online right now on the Chief Sports app. Go Gamecocks! Tony Pope State Farm is your go-to agent anywhere in South Carolina, North Carolina, or Georgia for the service you deserve at the price you want. So try combining your home, life, auto, and or small business insurance today. Tony Pope State Farm has been in business for more than 30 years and can handle anything you need in the tri-state area. 843-851-2222 or visit TonyPope.com today. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. If you're on Medicare currently or approaching eligibility, it's time to enroll in a Medicare plan that meets your needs. Palmetto Medicare is here to help you through the process. Palmetto Medicare's owner, Brian Spencer, and his team of experts are here to assist you. Learn about the benefits and enroll in the plan that will cover as many of your medical costs as possible. Some of the advantages of Medicare health plans may include variety of plan choices, increased benefits, lower premiums, and more. Give Palmetto Medicare a call to discuss your insurance and help get the exact coverage for your needs today. Nana's Porch, nanasporch.com. At Nana's Porch, they cater weddings, parties, and all kinds of special events. Their meals are served buffet style. In seconds, they're encouraged. Plus, they can bring their mobile food unit to bring on-site and serve your guests as a unique alternative for your catering needs. Inquire about rentals as well. Nanasporch.com. Find them on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. 336-259-7550. South Carolinians, this message is for you, as well as for people in Georgia, Florida, and Tennessee. If you think you may need work done to your roof or a new roof altogether, there's one simple name to remember, Elite Roofing and Restoration. South Carolina native Jeremy Johnson has been helping people in the South make sure they have the very best people checking on and building new roofs for over 25 years. Fully licensed, bonded, and insured, they provide the best service possible. Call or email today, 678-781-1998. That's 678-781-1998, or you can go to EliteRoofing.com. GA.com. Schedule a no-hassle free inspection today. Wind damage, hail damage, or just wear and tear. Don't settle for second best. Let Jeremy Johnson and Elite Roofing and Restoration take care of it all for you today.
It is 12.05. Welcome back inside the Gamecocks, the show, served by Chicken Cock Whiskey. You can find it this holiday season and every day, actually, on the Chief Sports app. If you click the Chicken Cock Challenge, type in your address, and wherever it's for sale near you, liquor store, that's it'll, it'll take you right there. You just click on it. The directions go into your maps. Your maps go into your car. Your car goes to the liquor store. Everybody's happy. Chicken Cock Whiskey, we cannot thank them enough. It is a great gift to put under the tree this holiday season. Mike Morgan in for Power Hour here, proudly presented by two guys that don't look very good. Palmetto Medicare's Brian Spencer and Ryan Brewer of Ryan Brewer Fence, uh, RyanBrewer.net. Uh, JC, speaking of people who aren't very handsome, JC is off for the rest of the afternoon, but he'll be back tomorrow. But uh, we've replaced him with a, a, a better-looking gentleman. The golden tones. Well, wow, that's very ESPN subjective. Network. Yeah. Well, we figure with all these ugly guys around here, we got to get a good looking one in. <laughs> hey, and, if uh, I'm the eye candy, we're in trouble, right? I mean, that's uh, how I feel. Yeah. Call up uh, Jimmy one. Garoppolo or somebody. Yeah, you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's right. I'm sure he'd be glad to sit in. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure he would. <laughs> I'm sure he would. Uh, really, by the way, really appreciate it. I, I, I don't know how this stuff gets out. I, I didn't say anything to anybody, but. Um, Random people keep sending me messages saying happy birthday. And I really appreciate all of you. Oh, so. cool. I didn't know that. Happy birthday. No, none of yeah. us knew. We've been trying well, to keep it a secret. Keep that on the down low, huh? Well, can, can I be like, I want to, okay. I want to full disclosure. of our closest friends now. <laughs> yeah. No. Full, dis, full disclosure. Like I, I mean, I'm, I know this is going to sound offensive and I don't mean for it to sound offensive because some, a lot of people don't do this, but there are so many people when it's their birthday, they just can't wait to tell everybody. Mm. And I've just never been like that. You know what I mean? Like, me neither. Hey, man, how you doing? Oh, it's my birthday today. Same. Okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah. All right. Cool. Well, um, I think it comes it comes a point yeah. in time too where you you don't celebrate them like you used to, right? Well, I can't. That's not even that's not even possible. I'd be dead. Um, yeah, well, there is that. <laughs> but like, I don't want to say it's just another day. You still, no, it's not. It's you not. still probably can uh, run pretty hard, Jamie. Don't sell yourself oh, short, man. I uh, I could just uh, see you on a few of those tailgates like getting a little bit out of hand. I tell you what, uh, to celebrate my birth, this is a, this is a, how about this? Here's a neat birthday present for everybody involved. This is breaking news from the desk. Uh, this just came to my email from Tony Shufo and the state of South Carolina's athletic class of Hall of Fame in 2024. Mike, you're, you're going to love this. Phil, you're going to love – this is an outstanding Hall of Fame class that will go in in 2024. Headlined by former running back at the University of South Carolina, Marcus Lattimore. Uh, he is also joined in 2024 by Clemson University golfer Lucas Glover and the University of North Carolina's Ivory Latta. Of McConnell's, they highlight the ten-member South Carolina Athletic Hall of Fame class again it, this upcoming year, 2024. Also being enshrined, former NBA standout and coach Clifford Ray of Union, South Carolina, former Coastal Carolina quarterback Tyler Thigpen, originally out of Winsboro, South Carolina, uh, out of Winsboro, South Carolina State football coach Ori Banks, College of Charleston and North Charleston. Uh, basketball star Anthony Johnson, former Clemson baseball coach Jack Leggett, Chester and Harvard basketball great Allison Feaster, and Columbia basketball legend William 
Partlow. They represent the largest class of inductees for the South Carolina Athletic Hall of Fame ever, which first had its first induction in 1960. Uh, guys, that that's a hell of a class. Uh, man, we'll have to get with Tony and see how many of these guys we can get on the air and gals at some point in time. But uh, Lattimore, Anthony Johnson, I grew up watching Anthony Johnson play downtown. Um, Mike, obviously, we know Jack Leggett. Um, Tyler Thigpen, uh, went on to play in the NFL, but, um, he had a heck of a career at Coastal back long before Coastal became what they are. Ivory, Ivory Latta. I mean, uh, Lucas Glover, what a golfer. I mean, this is an outstanding class. Really cool. Do you remember, uh, off the top of your head, who was the Gamecock legend honored at the SEC championship game this year? Um, it was. Cause there's one from every school. There's a basketball one, and there's a football one, and they all coincide with the the calendar. It wasn't. It wasn't Phil's Marcus, efforting, right? No, I don't. I don't know. I mean, I I don't was remember. Was it Marcus? I honestly don't remember. But my what what got me thinking about that as you were reading that list is that I think it was whatever, Marcus at least. Oh, was it, it Marcus? Was Marcus. Point to Marcus here. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Sure, it was Marcus. Like all these guys, t- the the timetable of some of this, uh, you know, I, I like Shane Matthews is a friend of mine. He was he was the guy that got in for Florida this year. He played in the early '90s and was a two time SEC Player of the Year. Uh, some of the like the names that come out there, and you're like, why in the world did that take 20 years? Um, in the case of Carolina, I'm thinking to myself, you know, you've only been in the league since '92, but they 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 predate that. Uh, some of the basketball legends uh, are from the McGuire years. Uh, so it, it it doesn't have to be that cutoff spot. But I'm thinking to myself, like, there is going to be a murderer's row list of Gamecocks that are about to be honored by the SEC when you think of all the outstanding, talented players, you know, on that that four-year span, as I like to call it, you know, 2010 through 2013. Uh, so if, if Lattimore was this year, I mean, Alshon Jeffrey's got to be on there. Uh, eventually, Connor Shaw's got to be on there. All the guys on the defensive end from Clowney to Gilmore. By the way, Gilmore was outstanding the other night. Oh, my goodness. He, hey, he might be like an actual Hall of Famer one day. Uh, with, oh, he's I'm definitely going to sure be in the – yeah, he's going to yeah. be on the ballot for sure. Yeah. Heck, I remember us doing a remote – when that when he signed and that class came about and we did a remote at some like tent outside of Williams Bryce Stadium they had like a party and uh, we did our afternoon show there and and Gilmore gave us an interview and now he's still making plays in the NFL it's it's incredible uh, but what I, but when you look at it because like some schools eventually just run out of guys and you start kind of reaching a little bit. Like there's, I won't name any names, but there's a couple schools and they they threw guys out there and you're like, well, okay, he was good, but really, uh, Carolina hasn't even scratched the surface in terms of its some of its best players because a big chunk of them came in those four years. Yeah, yeah, that was um, you look back on that group as we so often do, and it's really hard to believe that all those dudes not only came to South Carolina but did what they were supposed to do. 
and then they all went on to the NFL. So, I mean, Connor, Connor, well, Connor got to start in the NFL too. So, I mean, uh, all of them did just outstanding. Yeah. And Alshon was honored last year. So it's kind of like was. when they okay. started really right. into that. So, yeah. So you yeah. Got two you're right, Mike. I think the next few years are going to be dominated from those 10 to 13 teams. From that, from that I mean, span. Yeah. It, it really is. I mean, because I think, you know, for a while there, you, you really had to go back in time to find guys that were worthy. Like there weren't a whole lot of guys from the early nineties teams no. that were going to the you know, to be honored by the SEC as the late Well, yeah, you now I will say this, like in the uh late nineties, early two thousands, you had some outstanding defensive guys. Late nineties, yes. And and early two thousands. Abraham Sheldon uh, Sheldon, Goodman, yeah, Faison, Kalimba, Kalimba yeah. Edwards. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I think we talked about some of those guys uh, yesterday, and some of those guys may have already been uh, honored. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm, I have to assume that. I'm sure we could look that up. Look, who are the I, SEC legends from South Carolina? But well, like we just said all that, but like we, we the 10 through 13 classes, Mike, and we didn't even mention DJ. Like at some point in time, DJ will be honored too. I would think so. Yeah, I would yeah. think so. I mean, yeah. remember, it's not about, and it, it's just like when I vote for the Heisman, it, it's not about what a guy is going to do or did in the NFL. It's what you did during your three, four years in college. Right. That defines you as a legend or not a legend. There's a lot of guys that, quite frankly, were not that very good in college, went under the radar in the NFL draft, and turned out to be really good players. Mm-hmm. But for whatever reason, in college, it just didn't click. Sometimes it's a Lake Bloomer. Sometimes it's a guy that... Ahead. Yeah. You know, just transferred around. Yeah, Eric Norwood. Eric Norwood. Yeah, was Eric Norwood. Beast. I mean, Eric Norwood was, oh my gosh. I mean, Eric and Melvin Ingram, like. Eric's problem was. I've got he was the list a, here now. Oh, you do? All right. Yeah, give yeah, it yeah to I was going to say. Yeah, well, how many are there? Okay. It's only a three. You have the list. Oh, this is from 29 back, or 2019 back. Yeah, they started this, okay. it appears, in 1994. Uh, give you one guess at who the first Gamecock was. George Rogers, Probably uh, George Rogers. Would be the, the one Heisman winner. That is correct. But yeah, uh, 2019, Fred Ziegler. Eric Norwood yeah. is 18. John Abraham, okay. 17. Yeah. Uh, Travell Wharton coming in at six, yeah. 2016. Andre mm-hmm. Goodman. And then uh, oh, a man that was mentioned yesterday, I believe, Sheldon Brown, 2014. Very well deserved. Max Runniger, Co Simpson, Brandon Bennett, 2011. Wow. Bennett, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. And uh, let's How about see. Harold Green? Harold Green, Harold Green, you go back. That was the 2000 inductee. Okay. okay. Uh, yes. Let's see. Dan Reeves, 04. Deuce Staley, 07. Brad Edwards next. Tommy Suggs, 2009. What about Rick Sanford? Sanford was ninety nine. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you're going to have Red ninety six, you got to have Rick yeah. Sanford in there. Yeah. Rick Todd Ellis ninety seven. Uh, what about not on the list. Ellis over they, Tannehill, huh? They haven't Ellis recognized Tannehill. Steve Tannehill. They have not. Not at the SEC That's, level. that's mm. stunning. I mean, hey, you could I mean, make if the you argument. Look at the stats, yeah. Yeah, he could be. He was the best ever. <laughs> he, he's, yeah. I, I don't know how you wouldn't have Steve Tannehill in there. Uh, that sounds what a little political, Steve? honestly. Maybe sounds Steve. a little political. Yeah, yeah that's, that's really. Odd. I mean, at what at what <laughs> point in time are we gonna are we gonna honor Steven? And Steven probably needs to be in there too. Why not? I mean, you know, yeah. 
had a pretty good career at South Carolina. Well, he was the only quarterback to ever lead him to an Eastern Division championship. I'd say that constitutes a pretty good career, right? I mean, yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, you should see some of these Vanderbilt names. Which don't I can't worry, you're <laughs> know them, so I won't. Re- I won't go through them. <laughs> Let's go through the entire list of Vandy legends. Yeah, there you go. Ed, Ed just that's a nice question. No, Sidney Rice has not been honored yet. You no, know, if no. the only thing that hurts him is he only played two years. Correct well, me if I'm that's wrong. True. No, that's true. But I mean, he's still Kenny's not on there either. So you know, they got a lot Kenny, of guys. Kenley will get there. Yeah, there's yeah, no I doubt. Would... Can, remember dad, now, it's not the Hall of Good; it's the Hall of Exceptional. I mean, if you're an yeah, SEC legend, legend, like yeah. there's a lot of guys you can name that you might have liked as a player, but like, are they really legend status? You want opposing fans to look at it and go, wow, yeah, that guy was legit. You don't want them to go, this is the best they could come up with? Yeah, no. Well, and I would <laughs> I would imagine if – I mean, I would imagine if Sidney Rice trotted out there, people would go, yeah, that guy could play. Oh, yeah, uh, no no question. I'm just telling you what the yeah. delay might be for a guy like that because the numbers were certainly there. I yeah. mean, he was, he was record-setting at one point. Uh, oh, he was – Early in his career. Watching him, he was – um, I mean, obviously, under Steve, really, he was the first one that made us turn our heads. Like, is this what we're going to be watching during Steve Spurrier's tenure here, guys, coming out and doing this? Uh, I'll never forget the ball that he caught in the corner of the end zone down by the students, Mike, against Arkansas. They were down in the game mm-hmm. yep. and trying to make a comeback, and Blake flung it up there, and Sidney went up, and somehow his entire body turned a full 360 in the air to catch the ball. He was a great basketball player, and he was able to make plays like a basketball player going for a rebound. If you, There was no such thing as a 50-50 ball with Sidney. It was like 90-10. If you threw it up for, for grabs on what they label a 50-50 ball, nine times out of ten, Sidney was coming away with it. That was Because he wasn't a burner. I mean, that's why his NFL career was solid. wasn't great. He didn't have typical NFL wideouts, you know, just end-line speed, but – Neither did Alshon Jeffrey for that for that matter. But right. those guys had remarkable ball skills, ran routes, and if you threw a 50-50 ball up there, more likely than not, they were coming away with it. It was a it was a fun time to watch wide receivers play. I know that in South Carolina. <clears throat> All those guys just, could just flat, flat out play. Uh, I remember I will never forget I uh, and then we'll hit a timeout and I want to slide into some hoops with Mike uh, in just a little bit because uh, interesting little nugget out today. Joe Lenardi, but um, but um, I'll never forget. I was at you know the gas station on assembly by the Wendy's. Yes, right, right past it. Yeah, Been there I was at times. that gas station. I was at that gas station one night filling up, and this car pulls up at, on the other side of the pump from me, and he gets and the guy gets out of the car, and it and it smelled like uh, well, it smelled like a lot of weed is what it smelled like. Yeah, and uh, and I and I thought. You got to be kidding me! You know, somebody. I mean, this literally is going to. I mean, it literally smelled like the all of the weed in Columbia was packed into one vehicle, and it was Demetrius Summers naturally. And I thought, you know, I have sometimes kids just can't get out of their own way. I mean, goodness. Well, I have two Gamecock running back stories. Number one, um, I I helped uh, with my jumper cables, Derek Watson outside of the Schlotsky's Deli that Suki of Salsaritas fame used to own off of Bush River Road. Uh, Watson came in and very politely asked me if I had jumper cables, so I jumped his car. 
That was kind of neat. I like I did, but did my good deed for a very productive running back. Was his car? Was it squeaky or no? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, but the Demetrius Summers thing. There's so much that surrounded him. Uh, and, of course, he was at Lexington. And I did, for a couple of years, the state championship games for ETV. And we had yeah. Lexington versus Dorman, I believe. And Demetrius went off in the first half. Had, like, over 100 yards. Lexington had a huge lead in the second half. They shut down Summers, and they wound up coming back and winning it. Just another state title for Dorman. I'm pretty sure they have quite a few. Um and then I remember that it was a coach ringer who refused to have Demetrius Summers play in the Shrine Bowl. And I I went off on him on my show because I was like, how could you not have Demetrius Summers? Clearly, that's something that doesn't have to deal with football ability. He was the number one recruit in the country, but, right. he, did, but he didn't make the Shrine Bowl. Um, and then I started hearing stories about, you know, well, this, that, and the other. Demetrius Summers, I remember calling a few of his games back on um, pay-per-view where he would light it up, and he looked like a guy that was going to have just this marvelous career in college at Carolina. It was, was going to be a remarkable story, and then just pff, went south, and that's one of those, to quote a line in the movie, A Bronx Tale, there's no worse thing than wasted talent. Uh if if you don't have the talent and you're not able to achieve those things in life, well, it's, it's not your fault. But Demetrius had the talent and and just uh, kind of threw it away, quite honestly. He was he was uh, very slippery, if that makes sense. I mean, he he yeah. just glided around. He just Absolutely. glided around. I mean, it was I've never seen anything like that. Never seen anything like that. Remarkably talented. Had the vision. I mean, you can't teach vision, right? Like some running backs have it, no. some don't. He yeah. had it. Yeah, he absolutely had it, but uh, didn't didn't go didn't do enough with it, unfortunately. Well, it is twelve twenty. We've got the vision to take a break here. When we return, we've got hoops, uh, we've got portal stuff, we've got driving around the SEC, and we've got the golden tones of the great Mike Morgan for another hour and thirty nine minutes. So I sure as heck hope none of you will leave now. Not with Mike here. Mike will be on the air a little bit later. Who are you calling this week, Mike? You told me. Yesterday. I've got uh, the the East Carolina ECU? versus Florida. That's what I thought. And yeah, they're East playing Carolina. that game in Lakeland. So that counts as a neutral floor win on the net if you win it. That's if what coaches game, are now doing. Both and opponents are game. Bad if you lose it. Yep. Yeah, that's that's a really, really intriguing game for Gamecock basketball. Speaking of Gamecock basketball, one of the leading voices in the sport thinks a little bit highly of the Carolina program. We'll tell you what that's all about when we return on Inside the Gamecocks, the show. The State Farm Personal Price Plan helps you create an affordable price just for you. Contact local agent Gary Patterson for your personal price plan today. This holiday season, you can give a gift like never before. Hey guys, it's JB. Rescues in Resin produces custom-designed wood and resin products. From tables to wall art, coasters to cutting boards, and pretty much anything you can dream. Proud Gamecocks and veteran-owned, Dustin and Tabitha are creating products that will blow your family and friends away when they take the wrapping paper off this Christmas. Check them out in the Chief Sports app now to get your custom order in before it's too late. 
Rescues and Resin are also proud supporters of Carolina Rise and proud partners of the Chief Sports Network. Rescuesandresin at gmail.com or in the Chief Sports app is where you can find them. Change your gift-giving game today by ordering a custom design through our friends Tabitha and Dustin in Rescues and Resin. company is Billy G's Carolina Barbecue. We are based in Columbia, South Carolina, and we have two lines of sauces and a spice rub. I mean, when people try our product, they know it's a gourmet product, and it can go on any type of food. It's not surprisingly delicious. It's expectedly delicious. The State Farm Personal Price Plan helps you create an affordable price just for you. Contact local agent Gary Patterson for your personal price plan today. It is 1224. Welcome back to Inside the Gamecocks, the show built by the Barndo Co., the Barndominium Co.com, your dream home for as low as $160 per square foot. If you need vodka this holiday season, season or any day for the rest of your life, Dixie Vodka is who we would strongly recommend around here, not only because are they great friends and partners of our programming and the Chief Sports Network, but because it's the best vodka in the state of South Carolina, period, the end, no conversation to be had. It's made in Charleston. Yeah, that's the good thing about partnering with Chicken Cock and Dixie is that it uh, yeah. really is top quality stuff. <laughs> and, and, like, and, and you know what's neat about it is, like, I didn't just start drinking that because, like, they partnered with us. Like, I've been di- drinking Dixie Vodka for as long as they've been around. So it's just better. It's better than everything. And uh, so – Make the switch. If you do something different, uh, I would suggest making the switch. If you're going to make 250 Jello shots like we did this past weekend, probably going to want to do that with Dixie Vodka, not some crappy McCormick's or some of <laughs> that other BS. Uh, and the, none of those were left after midnight either. But uh, anyways, oh, welcome sure. back to Inside the Gamecocks. The show. Craig, is fu- I've talked to Reggie about that, that Lexington-North Augusta game uh, where they had the 750 or whatever it was combined rushing yards. Um, I've known Reggie for a long time. We're pretty good buddies. And he was telling me he, he, it was personal to him going and playing that ball game against Meat, wanting to kind of show the world that he was at least as good. Certainly wasn't as big, um, but Reggie could really could really tote the rock, and Clemson had a good one in him for a long time. And- Reggie actually wanted to play at South Carolina. And uh, we'll just leave that up to the imagination as to why he ended up not doing that. They they had a good way of screwing things up back then. And, and to, uh, I think it was Quint's point, yeah, I mean, we interviewed Ringer about it, and that was his answer. Well, he didn't block well enough. <laughs> um, I mean, clearly it was a message. Uh, and, yes, Demetrius was, was a, a guy that there was uh, some things there that were not good. But you can't <laughs> – I, I'm not I'm not a big proponent of when you're selecting just based on talent, 
uh, that you go ahead and you, you start denying people of awards and trophies and vacating wins. And it, it, you, you saw what you saw. He was the number one running back in the country, but he didn't make an all-star team in the state of South Carolina that, <laughs> I don't know, that, that didn't add up to me. Yeah, I mean, you know, he's, he's counting. Yeah, <laughs> didn't add up I, to me, and we, we had Ringer on, and I was respectful, but I'm just like, come on, dude. Yeah, that, that doesn't, yeah, you can't sugarcoat that, but, you know, that's, uh, there's nothing we can do about it now, I wouldn't imagine. Uh, we'd probably have to pull meat out of prison first to rectify the situation. Is that where he is? There. Still, I think. Yes. Yeah. I mean, I know he had troubles. I didn't know. And know he was actually. Oh, yeah. He's had cell. troubles all right. Yeah, well, yeah, I know yeah. that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Trust me. <laughs> nice I've, I've covered a few athletes that uh, have been through some stuff and are yeah. currently <laughs> locked up. Yeah. You do this well, long enough and you <laughs> – you run across some dudes. You run. I mean, Mississippi State had a Final Four team in '96, and I mean, you had one guy who no one knows how he got eligible. You have another guy who I think is still in prison, and he's mm-hmm. got like uh, I don't know, 15 kids. I mean, just something. You hear some things. You're just like, what in the hell, man? You got you got the you got the world in your shoulder uh, in your in your hands, and do everything you can to sabotage it. Well, this basketball team in South Carolina is trying not to sabotage themselves, Mike. Uh, Joe Lenardi's got them not only in, but in the last four buys. Interestingly enough, this – so, look, it's fun to pay attention to this crap when your team's got a chance to be in it. When your team sucks, you don't give a damn about it. It's irrelevant anyway. But we're in it? Oh, I love Joe Lenardi. <laughs> yeah, hey, Joe, right. come to my place. Let's have a drink. Because I can tell you this time last year, I was like, who the hell pays attention to that in December? Well, right. when you got a chance to get into the tournament, you do. <laughs> and you haven't been how- to one in <laughs> seven years. Yeah, hey. you pay attention to everything. But here's the good news, Mike. Over the last decade, each and every time the game cuts go to the dance, they go to the Final Four. And they're looking to continue that trend <laughs> if they can do so. But let, let, so let, but let me... I I I, I want to I love talking uh, I love talking football with you, obviously. But we 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 talk so much football that I love talking college basketball with the great Mike Morgan, and soon college baseball uh, with the great Mike Morgan. On that same line of last four buys, you got Utah, you got Providence. You know who the fourth one is? No idea. It's Mississippi State. That would ah. be the Gamecocks' first opponent in the SEC on January the 6th. So that game, as J.C. pointed out at the beginning of the program today, is beginning to build as even bigger than we were thinking. Like, Carolina's got to get through the next four non-cons. Don't look mm-hmm. ahead. Don't fall asleep. Don't do anything stupid and win the games. Get to 12-1. and one. And you and the Bulldogs clearly, like, just based on – Lenardi, we all know, he's got his thumb on the pulse. Like, he, he knows what's going on. He so, gets – he gets it more right than anybody. He'll usually get 67 out of 68. Like, that's his average. It's so, insane. So say what you want about him. Uh, we use him a lot. Uh, it, when we do a game in, like, February, we'll have him live on a broadcast because everybody wants to know the bubble teams at that point. So we'll actually po- we'll patch him in. and inter- In the middle of our broadcast, we'll interview Joe Lenardi. I've interviewed him a number of times. And people like to snicker and make cracks – uh, Joe's actually a really good guy, 
you know, he's a little bit on the nerdy side, which is what you would expect for somebody to be all analytics and, you know, analytically inclined. Um, that's what he is, and that's why he's good at it. So I, I would not disagree with that at all. Now, it's incredibly early. I've got Mississippi State three days after that game against Tennessee at home. And it's another scenario where, like, if you're Carolina, you beat Mississippi State, well, then you want Mississippi State to beat Tennessee because that enhances your win against Mississippi State. You understand all that? Is that nope. confusing? I think that's right. – like, all the teams you beat – really, all the teams you play, win or lose, you want them to win. Mm-hmm. So if it's a win, it's a quality win. If it's a loss, it's not a bad loss. That's what you want. Well, and so and here's here's the other side of this. So Carolina right now is a ten seed by Lenardi. Again, we're three months away from this, but but it's it's just good to see where they'll be entering conference play of, as long as they maintain status quo, where they'll be entering conference play, which would be included in the tournament. Essentially, that never happens around here. But so as a ten seed uh, facing currently seven seed Northwestern, it's less about that for me. It's more about the teams that surround them, though, because Clemson is a three seed. Gamecocks clearly lost to them. He's got Clemson in there as a three up in Charlotte. That'd be great for their fan base. But he's got Grand Canyon in as a 12. Carolina beat him. Even though that was considered a, quote, neutral site game, it was at their home floor. But they beat him, right? And then also behind South Carolina in the next four out, and this is going to be a big one to watch. You've got the Buys where Carolina is, then you got the last four in, then you got the first four out and the next four out. The Virginia Tech hope Carolina beat them on a neutral floor earlier this year. So if you're the Gamecocks, Mike, that that ACC team right there, you mentioned yesterday that Clemson is a team Carolina wants to see continue win. I don't think Notre Dame's going to end up being very good. They might be better, and I hope that they are. I hope Carolina. But Virginia Tech, right? Virginia Tech is going to be another one. Keep it close. You want those guys to win games because it's only going to help you. Uh, no question. No, look, no question. I look, I still think um, I look at this and, and when we do the love Chevy driver on the SEC, I'll talk about the net as it pertains to not just Carolina, but, but the entire league right now. And obviously it's a moving target, but I've got the numbers as of yesterday. Um, I, I, I proceed with caution when it, when it comes to, to non-con, the non-con can hurt you sometimes more than it can help you. And Gamecock fans know that oh too well. Mm-hmm. I mean, over the last however many years, it's like a loss to Stetson. It's a loss to some mid-major that is crippling if you're a bubble team late. And that's been the scenario very often in Gamecock basketball over the last 20 years. Good enough to be a bubble, not good enough to just kind of coast into the into the tournament. And then when the bubble comes around, that committee is looking at that loss that nobody paid attention to in late November or early December. Well, this year, that's not going to be the case, right? Okay, great. That's, right. that's step number one. I, I, I say that it's not going to be the case. I realize there's four more games, but I feel pretty confident. Step number two is, before you start you know, holding a, uh, a March Madness party, now you've got you to hold your weight in SEC play. And, like, if you look at the first few games, you and I went over this last week, Jamie. Uh, I mean, it's it's daunting. Like, I there, there's no gimmies this year. I think Carolina right now is ahead of two programs for sure. Vanderbilt and LSU. Don't don't get it twisted. That doesn't mean you, you can't lose to those teams. You certainly can. <laughs> I mean, you just absolutely can. No um, there, there's no, like, team that's just like, is the season over yet? We suck. Uh, we, the coach going to get fired? 
that's not the case with LSU or Vanderbilt. But I do think from a overall talent standpoint and how they're playing, I think they're ahead of those two. Now, the other 11 teams in the league, it's, it's going to be bring it. You're going to have to play your, your best to win it. You're going to win some. You're going to lose some. It's like, kind of like Major League Baseball. Every team wins 50. Every team loses 50. It's, it's what you do with the other 62 that tells you how your season's going to go. Um, that's going to be the case for a lot of SEC teams this year, Carolina included. All right. So, all right, let me go back to something else here. So I want to get your thoughts on this as well. Right now, according to Lenardi, two, te- two leagues in college basketball, the SEC and the Big 12 are projected to get nine teams into the tournament. To, by comparison, the Big Ten and the Big East, six, and the ACC, five. Okay, so again, it's December, and a lot can happen between now and then. But early returns are once again, although the SEC only has two ranked programs currently, Kentucky and Tennessee. Yeah, that means nothing. That's where I was going with this. Although they only have currently two ranked programs it, it, it appears that top to bottom, once again, this league is the best league in college basketball alongside the Big Ten. Uh, I would Big 12. I, uh, yeah. I, I would argue, I, I think the Big Ten is the best league in college basketball. That's what I personally think. But again, Yeah, I mean, the problem with the Big Ten is the Big Ten does this every year. You You, you fall into this web of well, they're good, they're good, they're good, they're good, they're good. And then they get into the NCAA tournament, and they're not so good, Yeah. right? Like, yeah. they haven't won an NCAA championship since, what, 2000 with Michigan State? Oh, no, Fact really? check me Did on that, that Phil. Yep, yep, hold on. I'm, I'm pretty on sure that. that's right. So twenty, we're going on 24 years, the last time the Big Ten won a national championship in basketball. So I, <laughs> we're we're praising that league quite a bit for a league that has – Teams that routinely get bounced early, right. they get they just do. Right. Um, I I think the best two leagues the last few years have been the big the SEC and the Big Twelve. Big Twelve, right? Yeah. And but now the Big Twelve is going to lose two of its heavyweights to the, yeah, SEC, the SEC, Texas and Oklahoma. Yeah. So but, I mean, they did add Houston. Yeah. No, it's a great interesting. Enough, uh, right? It's Maybe a great ad. Heck, even are, BYU. Are, who is Look the best BYU team right in college now? basketball? Uh, I mean, the easy guess State is Kansas. It's Kansas. That that uh, Phil just confirmed. Yeah, Michigan State, two thousand last time. Um, yeah, yeah. You think it's Kansas? I I would put Kansas right up there. Who's behind put, them? Like who's who's who, who would you say that they would be? It's either Kansas or Houston. Uh, I haven't seen Houston yet. Let me see. Houston's ten and zero now. I know. I, 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 I. This is what we do around here. We just budge you in, right? I mean, they, they, their best win. I mean, Purdue probably... is up there. P- Purdue is definitely up there, even though they had the really disappointing early loss. Arizona is up there for sure. Yeah. Um, I mean, what is what is Marquette? Houston sits at ten and zero, and when you watch them play, they like clearly they're loaded. I don't know no, what their good. best win is. Is there is their best win versus Utah? Like on, on. I don't know. I I don't know. They got Texas A and M coming up. Mm-hmm. I'll tell you that yeah, much. Saturday, uh, right? at, at a, a road game at Texas A and M. Uh, 
that's a big game for both of those teams. Again, that's the kind of game that come March, when you're talking about who's in, who's out, what's your seating, that will resonate. Mm-hmm. That will absolutely uh, resonate. You know, I think the most purely talented team in the SEC is Kentucky. Sure. Agreed. But then they lay an egg against UNC Wilmington at home. Yeah. This is this is why Kentucky fans are, are just going nuts with Cal uh, because they have those kind of losses. Um, but I think right. he's got his best roster in a while. I really do. Let me ask you this then. Uh, who is the most – I mean, clearly I know the Gamecocks are going to be one of your answers – um, but who would you say is the most improved team in the league thus far? Thus far, is it South Carolina? Is it Georgia? I've I said at the beginning, and I've seen two of these in person. And I've watched obviously a lot of Gamecock games. The but the most the three most improved. Put them in what order you want: Carolina, Florida, Georgia. Hmm. What about Ole Miss, the, Mike? Oh, yeah, thank you. You're right. Absolutely. Ole Miss certainly belongs in that category. Um, and, and what's funny is they were all at the bottom last year, except, yeah. for, except for Florida. Florida was a bubble team. But Carolina, Georgia, and Ole Miss were, were at the cellar. And guess what? They're all markedly better. Like, not a little better, a lot better. That says a lot about this league. Really better does. as in can beat anybody in it better? Yeah, I mean, uh, yeah. look, I mean, Carolina right Carolina won a Rupp Arena last year with the worst roster in the league. I Carolina won some that. games last year. They had no business winning. That's that's coaching. Yeah. That's absolutely coaching. Um, and I'm sorry for those of you that are still uh, have a hangover uh, about losing Frank Martin or those of you that – didn't like the hire in the first place, and maybe it's going to take a little bit more for you to admit that this actually was a good thing. Um, but it's okay to come around. Now, I'm not sitting here and giving a, a flex saying that this is an NCAA tournament team. I'm not there yet. Okay. Mm-hmm. I'm realistic, and I know the entire league, one through 14, so I know what Carolina's up against. But I will tell you, I look at what he's doing with what he has. And it's and then I look at what's coming down the pike. They're going to start getting players here, okay? Yeah. They're, they're going to start getting players here. You don't need one and duns. Look at the final four. How many one and duns were in the final four? I don't know if there was a single one. I don't know if there was a McDonald's All American in the final four. You don't have to have that to be successful in college basketball. See, football is set, the whole the whole thing is set up for the the rich to get richer. The same power programs are good all the time. And if you've been mediocre for 100 years, it's damn hard to, to change that trend. You can keep firing coaches and ADs and everything, and you're still going to find you're spinning your wheels in the same spot. In basketball, there truly is a, a chance at upward mobility, whether it's an FAU going to the Final Four and nationally ranked this year, whether it's a Butler going to back-to-back Final Fours, whether it's a Baylor winning a national championship basketball is truly the land of opportunity that football has never been. And that includes for Gamecocks. It's going to be a lot easier to turn basketball around. And it ain't easy because we've seen several coaches try and not do it. But I have always said Carolina can be uh, 
I don't want to use the word power, but Carolina can be relevant in college basketball. When I, what do I mean by relevant? In the postseason, more often than not, much faster than being a college football program that's in the playoff more often than not. Because that's going to be damn near impossible for most teams in the SEC, not named Alabama, Georgia, LSU. Those are just facts. No, I agree with you. I I, I think so. <clears throat> to your point of the like, we there's so much we don't know. It, I love where the league is right now. There's only one team in the entire SEC with a losing record, and it's Vanderbilt, and they're just at four and five. Like they, mm-hmm. I don't know. You know, clearly they're going to have a, a difficult time when when conference play comes around. But so is everybody, as you just pointed out. Um, but I just think that with. I mean, when I look at all the we, – we just went through that scenario. Who's the most improved, you know, whatever it is. The records right now tell me nothing about how the SEC is going to finish, Mike. Like, because – like, if you go look at the records right now of every team in the league and you look at Ole Miss up there at 9-0, and you look at Carolina at 8-1, and second-best record in, 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 league, in the league. Kentucky, Mississippi State, right there at seven and two. Again, Gamecocks and Mississippi State are literally identical on Lenardi's projections. And then when you go look at the net rankings, you look at Kim Palm. I mean, they're they're right there, both of them. You know, same same category. I mean, they're they're around each other in pretty much every metric. Um, and then you look below that, and you look at some of these. Other, like you look at Alabama, and if you just take a surface glance, you go, Tide are off to a rough start, six and three. Thought they were going to be better than that. I don't Look know if anybody's play. played the schedule that Alabama's played right. in the. It is, and, and do you know who their next two opponents are? Uh, it's, not off the top of my head, but what's that? It's kooky. They've got to go Saturday night, eight o'clock on Fox. They're at eighth ranked Creighton. Yeah, and then they turn around the following week and host top ranked Arizona. This is after they've been defeated by fourth ranked Purdue. They got beat by Clemson. They got beat right. by Ohio State. By the way, they've also beat Oregon, and they beat an Indiana State team that's probably going to be a fairly decent seed into the that's tournament right. when all is said and done later on in the year. I mean, they've played every program in the country that's worth a damn. Yeah, I mean, some would, some would say that's overscheduling, but I give Nate Oates credit. I mean, he's fearless. and I'm sorry, by the re- way. They, they don't host Arizona. That's the Hall of Fame thing Hall on fame. Phoenix. So Phoenix. basically a road It's almost game. a road game, really, yeah. Um, yeah. But, yeah, I mean, that's that's what Nate Oates has done. I mean, Alabama was in the abyss. They just kept hiring and firing coaches. Anthony Grant was the big name. Didn't work. Avery Johnson. How could you not love Avery Johnson? Didn't work. Um, you know, Godfrey got in trouble with the NCAA, so they had to fire him. And it was like there was the, the crowds were not there it was just it's a football school and then their ad said got a tip on Nate Oates. and um of course alabama fans flooded the message boards with how can we hire a friggin' mac coach what a what a non home run hire and all he's done is turn them into a perennial top 25 program because if you can coach you can coach and he can recruit too uh, and so now he's like, we've we've already arrived. We're going to schedule like a program that has arrived. That's not for everybody. Uh, the The schedule that Carolina has had this year is perfect. It's just enough of a blend of Q one, Q two, of of Power Six versus games that you feel really confident you're going to win. Which everybody does schedule some of those. Some just more than others. 
It's exactly what this team needed as it gels, gains confidence, and gets ready for conference play. I wouldn't have done it any differently than the way it's been done. Yeah, it's it it really has been uh, it's been neat to see. Again, they've got four non cons left before they turn the page into the year twenty twenty four and take on Mississippi State. But uh, Lamont Paris, I remember this time last year. I, I remember talking about this team. And I know we got to slide to a break here, but I remember watching this team play and thinking to myself, like I didn't know the answer, so I was clearly speculating on everything. Going, I I don't know what I'm watching here. Like, I'm not sure what this is. I mean, these guys just kind of run them down the floor and nobody really, nobody really knows what they're doing, where they're going, what style of basketball do they want to play, what is their brand, do they have a brand? Is Gigi Jackson just going to kind of be the guy and they just kind of have to go along with Like, what is this? Uh, it just seemed very odd. Everything seemed Mike, every, every, it. It did. I mean, it was a cluster. You know what? It was. Everything was. And it was. You turn the page one year, and all of a sudden, there's there's a script. Well, you because, see it. And, and Lamont told me this was happening, and he shared some of the frustration with last year's group with me and um, some things I, I'm not going to say on air. But uh, Oh, come on, man. Just no, do it. No. <laughs> but but he, he – Please don't do that. Actually. He was <laughs> just – waiting and waiting for his chance to go to that portal. Yeah. And once he did, he was going to have a team that he could coach the way he needed to coach and that could compete. Um, right. And that's what he's got. And I, and I know that uh, all the guys that are getting the attention and, and deservedly so with, with Mac and, and Michi Talon Cooper. Um, oh, he's, he's the MVP. If you ask me, he Honestly. is the rock. I'm a yeah. big assist to turnover guy. Yeah, um, no question. You know, point guard is a position I'm pretty familiar with, and I, I watch him, and I see the way he controls the game. Um, he is exactly what Lamont was desperately needing a year ago. Desperately needing a year ago. Yeah, he moves Instead, in slow motion out there too. It's neat. Yeah, it's funny to yeah. see it. Yeah, it is. It is. Now, the last year was it was an untenable situation where you've got this. 18-year-old McDonald's All-American and nobody to kind of say, to kind of whip his rear end and say, this ain't your team. So he's out there playing hero ball half the time um, and going on, you know, recording videos. Like, I don't know why they don't give the ball to me in crunch time. That's because you can't hit an outside shot. That's that's part of the problem. Um, And look, Gigi, I I wish him well. He's not a bad kid. I interviewed him. Like, I like Gigi Jackson. I did not like the way he played the game of basketball for Carolina last year. And that was that was a big mess that no coach was going to be, be able to do much with because you had to play him. You had to. But then you also had to send a message and not play him as much as he wants to play and let him know when he takes a horse bleep shot, that's not acceptable. And he took several of them. So it, it was a, it was a crazy um, – situation but this year there's none of that these kids Michi's again great young man great personality great teammate uh Talon as I mentioned the rock Mac the the physical uh force that they needed uh oh it's it's a good blend now next year and beyond they're going to have all those things in the gumbo with even more talent you'll you'll see um but for now this is a great story yeah, my um, my my, the information I have on 
the recruiting efforts of this program right now are is, is something. Uh, they they've they've got some some dudes on the line that are that are dudes. We'll put it that way. And uh, mm-hmm. now, can they reel them all in, or some of them? We'll we'll have to see. But I, I know this: they are they're in the mix. There's no doubt. Uh, I'll leave I'll leave this conversation with this: Carolina at twenty eight in the net. You just take a snapshot. Who knows where it finishes? But it is nice <laughs> to see it every so often. Sure. Uh, Duke's at thirty four. North Carolina's at thirty six. Kentucky's at thirty nine. So if you're the Gamecocks. Savor that moment, uh, and uh, and let's let's see how long they can make it last uh, as the season goes along. It's that's pretty pretty impressive stuff. Uh, all right, uh, let's step aside. One final break here in hour number two. Uh, we got plenty still to get to on the portal. Uh, drive around the SEC and uh, the golden tones of uh, Mike Morgan. I guess uh, Phil said he's going to sing me happy birthday today. So I'm just kidding. Oh, no, you don't want that. I'll, no, I'll break just... the glass. <laughs> yeah, he already did. Hey, Ty, we'll be right back. <laughs> Down here in the South, we don't always see eye to eye. While our taste in college football teams, or what sauce, if any, goes best on a rack of ribs, or what to mix with our Dixie vodka might be up for debate, we can all agree there's nothing better than a Southern tailgate. And like our favorite college teams, our ingredients come from small towns and big cities. They're grown in Southern soil are crafted by Southern hands and proudly represent the South in our backyard and beyond. So raise a glass of Dixie Southern Vodka to celebrate being made in America and raised in the South. Welcome to Palm Casual Patio Furniture. Because we are the factory, Palm Casual has the ability to offer the highest quality outdoor furniture paired with world-class service. Since 1979, our factory showrooms have done our best to make the buying process as easy as possible for our customers. Our understanding of the many factors that go into your decision has helped us create our 30-day trial period that increases the level of comfort our customers feel during the shopping experience. Visit us in Somerville and online at palmcasual.com. Gamecock owned and operated. Michael Campbell arrived at South Carolina in 2003 after growing up in Virginia and was dubbed the Winchester Rifle by Gamecocks great Tommy Moody in the broadcast booth. He left in 2006 a legend. A career 315 hitter and 20th round draft pick of the San Diego Padres, Campbell was first all-time in games played at bats and triples, second all-time in hits with 299 singles and total bases, third all-time in doubles, top 10 in runs scored and RBI, and he hit 31 home runs in his career for the Gamecocks. Now he's passing his knowledge to the next generation through his business, Soup's Swing Shop. If your son or daughter wants to improve their game, Soup's Swing Shop offers virtual lessons. Mike will connect with you, diagnose your swing, and create a special game plan to help improve it. Call him at 859-414-8240. Email soupsswingshop at gmail.com or find them on social media and on the Chief Sports app. Soup's Swing Shop. Play ball. Welcome home. That's what the Gamecocks say, and so does the Barn Doe Company, where they can build your dream home starting as low as $160 per square foot. If you live in the Carolinas, Georgia, or Tennessee, their turnkey process takes just four to six months on average and can be custom designed by size and details. Make your dream a reality. Visit thebarndominiumco.com. That's thebarndominiumco.com. The Barn Doe Company. Gamecock owned and operated.
Have yourself a merry little Christmas. Let yourself be light. From now on, our troubles will be out of sight. Have yourself a merry little Christmas. Make the Yuletide gay. From now on, our troubles will be miles away. Here we are, as in olden days, happy golden days of yore. Faithful friends who are dear to us gather near to us once more. The years we all will be together if the fates allow. Until then, we'll have to muddle through somehow. So have yourself a merry little Christmas now. All right, uh, real quickly here, and then, of course, right back to breaks. This is the top of the hour, but uh, keeping an eye on the portal for the Gamecocks today. Uh, we've got uh, inside the SEC coming up, or sorry, drive around the SEC. Love Chevy, drive around the SEC. Coming up with Mike Morgan. A.J. Swan, quarterback from Vanderbilt, is uh, on campus today, and uh, so is DeAndre Jules, a very talented defensive lineman out of Pittsburgh, from Pittsburgh. Uh, if you subscribe to the Big Spur, which I sure as hell hope all of you do, uh, you can uh, read John Little's report on that and uh, get a little bit more on both of those young men who could potentially land here at the University of South Carolina. Mike, I want to get quick thought here. Only about two minutes left in this segment, but we've talked about backup quarterbacks, Carolina needing to bring in somebody, anybody, uh, that could create some sort of competition and give you a, some quality depth there in that room. You've You've seen A.J. Swan play football. I think you've called a game or two of his. Your thoughts on if Carolina can reel him in? Let me tell you the the, uh, the book on A.J. Swan before this season started. And this is from people that follow Vanderbilt specifically that I leaned on in, in preparation. Uh, I had more than one person tell me he's the most raw, talented, and just just based on tools, to use a baseball term, he's toolsy. Just based on tools, physical tools, he's the most talented quarterback they've had since Jay Cutler. He had a couple of 300-yard passing games, and then he had injuries, and then the season just went on him and the entire Vanderbilt team, which if you're following what's going on in Nashville, it's a little bit scary uh, if you're a Vanderbilt fan. Uh, Clark Lee is a, is a terrific guy and, and bleeds Vanderbilt, but man, oh man, they've got they've got some issues right now. Uh, but but Swan is certainly the kind of guy that would be a boost to the quarterback room. No no question about that. He's not just some guy that's you know, eh, he's he's scrappy and he no he's got some he's got some tools. He just wasn't able to show them off much at at Vanderbilt because number one it's Vanderbilt which is tough and number two uh, an injury riddled season for him. Yeah, it would. Um, Carolina's got they got to got to find somebody who's played college football to plug into that room. I mean, yeah. I mean, I'm watching all these quarterbacks in the portal right now. 
You got to find you gotta, value. You got to get one. And if you get one that actually can compete for yeah. the starting job, that wouldn't be the worst thing in the world either. Yeah. And I think it hits the mold of what you're kind of looking for as, you know, an athletic quarterback who can do more than just stand there in the pocket and throw the ball because that's what you're going to be competing with in Lenora Sellers when you get here. So at least a decent pickup. Should you get him? Should you get him? I think it would be, it'd be a nice. Yeah, and he's got more than a couple. Uh, he's got a couple of years of eligibility uh, left as well, so it wouldn't be a one and done, just rent a guy type of situation. Be interested to see if this is a scenario he wants to walk into with a young guy like Lenore Sellers who has four years of college football to play. I'm find out. Yeah, I mean, but he's you know, here. just about anywhere he goes, if, if you're going to play like big time power football, there's going to be a guy you're competing with. If you just want to go be guaranteed the job, then. If you're AJ Swan, you, you go play for some one double A team. Yeah, and, drop and a level. The, yeah. yeah, you just drop a level. But if if you've already gotten a taste of the SEC life, do you want to keep it? Do you want to get SEC dollars? Do you want to get SEC recognition, SEC competition? Then you go ahead and you compete. Duke's looking for a quarterback, AJ. No, I know you can get in there because you went to Vanderbilt. Oh. Yeah, Riley Leonard. By the way, little nugget from. Gene Sapikoff was born right here in Mount Pleasant, my hometown. Did not know that. Great kid. Had him a year ago. Immediately thought I was looking at a first-round pick. Um, and I thought a lot of people were like, what are you talking about? Mm-hmm. Who? Duke? Uh, he probably – I'd love to see the uh, expenses on that, uh, the receipts on that one. I'm guessing that's a $2 million price tag for Notre Dame. I would imagine he, probably he's as coveted as anybody out there. Cam Ward's another guy to Washington State. I was and kind now, of surprised he didn't follow Elko to A and M. Yeah, a lot of people mention that. Mm-hmm. A lot of people mention that as a possibility. We will continue this conversation on the other side. Charles said, "Don't bring in a backup quarterback. It's Sellers' time. Don't interrupt that." We'll we'll play off of that comment right here on ITG when we return. The preferred sign partner of Gamecock Athletics is Signorama Columbia, and they should be yours too. A full-service sign company that handles design, production, install, and service, Signorama Columbia has helped to bring to life the perfect vision for so many all across South Carolina. Owned and operated by proud Gamecock alumni, they can handle all types of signage, including interior and exterior, vehicle graphics, and more. Go to Signorama.com and find the West Columbia location, or call them at 803-407-9284. Bring your brand to life with Signorama Columbia and go Charleston Fitness Equipment is keeping South Carolina in shape. Clients have come from all over the Palmetto State to find that one piece of equipment that they enjoy that keeps them looking and feeling good. Whether it's a home rower, treadmill, elliptical, free weights, a home gym, or something else, Charleston Fitness Equipment keeps the mirror smiling back at you. Get in shape like the Gamecocks do. Visit charlestonfitnessequipment.com. Gamecock owned and operated and proud partners of Inside the Gamecocks, the show. Coach O here, and when I'm not eating average jambalaya or celebrating endless summer in Destin, I like to eat pimento cheese straight off the bucket. Mmm. And the only pimento cheese I like to eat is from Nana's Porch. It's award-winning. It'll melt in your mouth. It's good on a cracker. It's good in a bowl. It's good on a piece of bread. Also, don't forget Nana's Porch has a hell of a food truck. 
It's award-winning as well, and they're here for all of your catering needs. So get online, nanasports.com. It's mm-mm good. Coach O signing off. In the summer, go Tiger. For chicken cock, we get a medium to medium plus toast, the char level. We use a number three level char. If you char too deep, you start burning away some of those flavor components that you just created. If you just char a barrel and you don't toast it, you're going to create some of those flavors just on a thin layer just inside the char, but not the actual depth and full extent of flavors uh, that you're going to get if you toast it properly. All those elements, that's exactly what they do. They boil down to great flavor. If you're in the real estate market in the low country or even in the Midlands, please contact me, JB, with Coast to Coast Realty SC. Go Gamecocks. This break is presented by Billy G's Carolina Barbecue, the state newspaper's 2023 winner for best catering, best barbecue, and best food truck. Visit BillyG'sCarolinaBarbecue.com for all of your catering needs. Ladies and gentlemen, here it is. It is one final hour left in the program. Welcome back inside the Gamecocks, the show. Very proudly presented by our friends at the Barn Dominium Company and, of course, always live from the Signorama Studios. Signorama is the preferred sign partner of Gamecock Athletics. Signorama.com, Gamecock owned and operated. Mike will be back here in just a second, uh, running a quick, uh, not Aaron, but Having to jump off the screen for a second, um, and then uh, we will we'll mix him back into everything here. Uh, before we went to break, Charles said that uh, it is. Uh, let me let me quote you correctly here, Charles. He said I, we were talking about uh, AJ Swan. I disagree. It's seller's time. Don't interrupt that, Charles. You're not interrupting it, uh, and you're protecting yourself. What happened? What do you do if you get to April and Lenora Sellers goes down with an injury? Who's your quarterback? <laughs> is it Dante Reno? Because he's just getting to campus in January. He's never even thrown a pass in college. Is it Luke? They've already moved into the wide receiver room. Okay, and then after that, who's your quarterback? Well, they don't have one. Right. So yeah. what are you going to do? There isn't one. You have to bring in a quarterback in the portal. 
you have no choice. They have no choice. There is nothing they can do. They've got to bring a quarterback in, and you've got to create competition. Competition is good. And you also have to – I don't care if Lenora Sellers is – they think Joe Montana. I don't think – I don't care if they think that he's going to be – I don't know. Pat Mahomes. It doesn't matter. It's college football, and as much as you want to trust the guy that's leading any position group, any team, I'm the greatest Gamecock ever. I'm going to be here for three, four years minimum, and you don't ever have to worry about me leaving. That's just not true. You don't have to worry about – you have to worry about all of them leaving. You have to recruit over every player on your roster, and you have to create competition and depth at every single position on your roster because if you don't, you get beat. One of the reasons why they're five and seven this year, and you sure as hell can't get your quarterback hurt in the spring or in the fall or at any other point in time, right, Mike, and play in the SEC and then think you're just going to just throw some kid in there who's never tossed a pass around and everything's just going to work itself out. So I can tell you right now, this past season, had Spencer Rattler gone down with an injury with all the experience he's had in college football, what in the hell would they have done? I don't care if you thought, well, there's plug Lenore Sellers in. That it he no, was it, it wasn't going to be on him. It's not like it would be his fault, but he would not survive that. Right. So look, I, if, I if, under- if, if 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 Sellers went down and you didn't have the answer, what are you going to do when? I mean, uh, um, if Rattler went down and you didn't have the answer, <clears throat> what would you do if Sellers went down without anybody in the quarterback room except for Dante Reno as a true friend? You absolutely have to sign a transfer portal quarterback. Hundred percent. Um. And, and I, look, I get it. Sellers is in Gamecock quarterback lineage, kind of a unicorn, right? I mean, Savell Newton was no was very athletic, but he was smaller. Um, you know, you, Radler was certainly athletic, but this kid is stronger and 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 more agile. That'd be safe to say. And what little I've seen. Now, yeah, yeah. I don't, I don't expect him to come right in and be as talented passing the football as Spencer Rattler. I, I re, it, the, the, the shame of it all is that because of a number of different things that were working against Spencer in his two years, as good as his arm talent was, you didn't get to see everything that it could have been. But make no mistake about it, um, I think he's the most physically gifted quarterback to come through Columbia. No and 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 to just assume that Lenora Sellers is going to be that, it's a it's a, a giant leap. So you, you should be excited. You should be giddy to have that kind of guy in your quarterback room. But I'm of the opinion that not only do you need a backup, that's a no-brainer, but you also need a guy that can compete for the job like every other yeah. major program has. Uh, right. If Lenora Sellers is not guaranteed the job after fall camp, that's not a bad thing. That means you've got somebody who's pretty damn good pushing him. So the, the whole notion that, well, every, everything I've seen on his highlight reel in high school and what I saw for a few drives against Furman is going to convince you that he is ready to tear up the SEC and nobody would be worthy enough to compete, I, I, I think that's looking at it the wrong way. Yeah, I 1,000% I, I agree with that. I, I don't think you can ever have enough talent in your quarterback room, and, and if that scares your quarterback off, then he's probably not your quarterback. I mean, I, I don't really know how else to say that. Uh, I, I think that you're talking about apples and oranges here. 
uh, when you have this conversation. Charles, we're not picking on you, by the way. We, I understand exactly what you're saying. Like, yeah, you want to make sure that you protect your investment. I get it. There, there, there are two things here. There's one side protecting the investment. The other side is protecting the program. And you have to protect the program at all costs at all times. You want to know how you protect the investment? Get an offensive line that can block. <laughs> That's how you protect the investment. It's not to avoid competition like the plague. It's to give yeah. him a line that can block and weapons around him. That's how you protect that investment. Because if, yeah. if you truly are a confident kid, like we saw this for years in recruiting and we still do. I, I used to have a partner on my show. and be like, well, he, he might have chosen Tennessee over Carolina, but – uh, wait till he sees the competition. But I was like, yeah, but five-star kids don't look at it that way. They don't They don't go in with a defeatist attitude like, well, I'm not going to beat him out, so I'm just going to go to a lesser program where I can play right away. Yeah. Five-star kids and elite talents go into a program and say, I can beat anybody for the job. And if I don't, it won't be long by opportunity, and I'll cash in. That's how the elite of the elite look at it. Otherwise, you know, Vanderbilt would be getting – a bunch of five-star kids that couldn't find a place that he could start right away and get a guarantee like that. I mean, Arch Manning just sat on the bench the entire year in Oxford and might have to do it again. That's what competition is about. You know, right now, George has got a kid in Dylan Rayola who Ooh. was – I'll, I'll get to this in the Love Chevy Drive around the SEC okay. in the next segment. But I need to, I can tell I need you to hold, here in a, like I need to hold the note, the, the nugget that's out there on him right now is what you're saying. Okay. Well, I can tell you here – right? Oh, absolutely. That's one of my okay. top stories. And in Atlanta, it is sky is falling. What the hell? We can't lose this kid to Nebraska or anywhere else for that matter. And then it's like, okay, well, how much is Carson Beck going to cost to keep around another year? And, you know, Georgia loses one football game and it's sound the fire alarms. <laughs> That's just the way it is. <laughs> it was one game now available at three points and some high school kid that's never had a snap in college football might flip and it's like, Oh my goodness. What the hell? We're Georgia. You can't have that. You can in today's day and age. And I know you're going to bring it up. I, I, I'll just ease it in there. And I've got one other quarterback nugget. I want to pass along. I'll get back out and let you leave you with the spotlight. Um, if you're Georgia, you're, you're I agree with everything you're saying. I'm not, I'm not saying that. I guess what I'm getting at here is Nebraska ain't been, been worth a damn in a while, and Marcus Satterfield is our offensive coordinator. And I'm trying to figure out how on planet Earth this guy keeps doing this because <laughs> he can't call plays on game day. Uh, but but somehow well, they're not he, going there because of him. I mean, it, well, I'm it, just saying. I mean, he helped sign Spencer Rattler to South Carolina. You know, you might be flipping yeah. This guy. I, don't know. I, don't I know. mean, look, I what, I know I, I know this. Satterfield I know guy. he's a. I know he's a pinata, and I'm not sitting here and telling you he's a great coach, but um, something tells me, you know, much like he did in, in the bowl game when, when Carolina eviscerated the Tar Heels, if you, if you give him enough talent and you give him – like, he, he's not going to just take a great quarterback and turn him into slop. I, I, I know that was the, the, the narrative for 2022. I get it. Certainly Carolina's got a better guy now for Carolina. But I don't think he's like the – every time Spencer Rattler threw an incomplete pass or missed an open target, you got to blame it on the OC. Like, I, I'm, I'm not willing to take it that far. Um, but Nebraska, the reason why they're 
in on this is because they are tired of losing. I'll, I'll steal one of JC's expressions for certain uh, programs that are tired of losing and hire a, a quote-unquote big-name coach. This is caged animal syndrome right now for Nebraska, and they are going to do whatever it takes to get a marquee quarterback, something they really haven't had. This is not the Tom Osborne triple option. They don't do that anymore. They're not going to do that anymore. They want to play modern-day, big-time college football. In order to do that, they want a stud quarterback. And throughout all the crap that Nebraska Nation has been through, they have the nation's longest streak of sellouts. You want to talk about Gamecock fans being great, and they are? Nebraska fans are pretty great, too. And they haven't had much to cheer about there in a long, long time. They are ponying up money, and they've got a lot of it. And so they're going to get some players in there. And, and I happen to think Matt Rule is going to do a good, a good job. I don't think they're ever going to be what they were in the 90s. If you want reality check, Nebraska fans, that, that there is over. But I do think they're going to get much better. Uh, I think they got the right coach, and then now, now they have the right financial approach to it all. Yeah, I think the I think the money thing is what's going to matter for them because um like you you you're the Big 10 is is I mean here in what? I don't know, Mike, 3 weeks it's going to be totally different when you bring all this West Coast stuff in Oregon and Southern Cal and you know, so and here's Nebraska right here in the middle of all this, you know, they're they're trying to climb to just the middle of the road, the middle of the pack in this league without the rest of these guys, Washington, Oregon, and then they're all coming in, and Nebraska's going. Damn, what do we need to do here? And how do we, I forgot? How do we? How do for years? How do we get players to Lincoln, Nebraska? How do we do that again? As so I, I think it's going to be fight. I think financial incentives, nil, however you want to explain all that, it's probably going to be a big deal to them. I agree with you on that rule. I, I I'm not. Uh, I, I, it's been very premature listening to a lot of the. I think BS that's been spewed about him over the last year. Now he can't do this and Matt rule this and Matt rule that I am not a Marcus Satterfield fan because I know enough to know that he's just not a good football coach at all. Um, but, um, but Matt rule is a guy who's continuously with the exception of what happened in Charlotte clearly. And uh, apparently Charlotte's got a bigger problem than Matt rule. It might've not actually been all on him <laughs> while he was there in no, case nobody's been paying yeah. attention. Right. Um, a, but he's got a track record of doing things that, people think can't get done baylor temple why not no, the guy's been good wherever and, and if satterfield does a terrible job then they'll just fire him and bring another coordinator in like every other program across the country does like that that's not gonna that's not gonna be the anchor that keeps nebraska back coordinators are fired all the time i think i gave a list of them at the beginning of this season to make a point that if south carolina was going to feel the need to make a change with their dc Again, enough of the woe is me stuff. Every other program in in the SEC is firing coordinators because they don't work out. Shane's not the only one that's hired a coordinator that hasn't worked out. Carolina's not the only program that's losing players in the portal because it's happening everywhere else. All these things that, you know, fans focus on and think that it's endemic to just their program, it's not. Every (laughs) – there's an expression that I can't say on the air, but it's like when you talk about – families and whatnot everybody's going through some vit yeah every program's going through some vit right now and more so than ever <laughs> every one of them because i i you know again nice thank you uh it's my own that's my own bleep i didn't want to put pressure on mad dog to have to 
hit a button there to bleep at the, the exact time that I use a curse word. Um, but yeah, I mean, th- th- this is going on everywhere. And, and uh, what, ne- what Nebraska is, is going through, and in the Riola case, yes, he does have family ties with his father and everything else, but that's not... Riola's sitting there and saying, look, if Carson Beck's going to be the guy in 2023... I'm not pulling an Arch Manning. I'm not just sitting on the bench in Athens. I'm ready to go now. That's what's going on there. And then combine that with the fact that Nebraska is going to be a major financial player. There's like the usual suspects you expect to spend money, the oil schools and Alabama, but there's some others that you're like, whoa, I didn't know they had that kind of money there, but they do. I see this in basketball too, or somebody would be like, you know how much that kid's getting? And I'm like, for the mid-major school? Yeah, yeah, they got money. Even like a school like Creighton, you say, well, can Creighton buy players? Uh, have you heard of a guy named Warren Buffett at right. Omaha? He's got a lot of money. Creighton gets some of that money. See what I'm saying? So you wouldn't think like Creighton, but there's there's some of those weird connections out there that are like, oh, gosh, they do have a lot. And obviously Oregon. I think, Jamie, you posed a really good question a week or two ago about – you know, maybe which of the schools that are that the Big Ten is adding can have you know the immediate impact to be like a player. Player, I think it's Oregon because they've got Nike money, and they've become they've become this cool, out of the way place with wacky uniforms to play at. And yes, they've had success under multiple coaches. Think about it, with the exception of Willie Taggart, everybody that can coach a lick has done some really good things in Eugene, and I don't think they're going anywhere. And then they they just bought Dylan Gabriel in those sweepstakes, and there were some high bidders for Dylan Gabriel. I'll be yeah, interested to see. You know, Nebraska's got to have money. I mean, that's that's a big red money machine out there. It goes directly back to the fact that this is you know one of the best fan bases in college football because they they'll do whatever it takes. They got dough. <laughs> yeah, they, they, you know. and they got money out there. Not only that, but I mean, you know. And hey, for all of Satterfield's in-game and game planning faults, he's you know the 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 Harold Hill of quarterbacks coaches. So you're gonna be able to sell it to whoever. It's just not gonna look like what exactly you want when you get there. Yeah, and again, <laughs> Matt Rule to me is the bigger selling point yeah. to go into Nebraska than who their OC is. Even for a quarterback, it's gonna come down to money, coach, program, in some particular order. Um, the OC to me is not, you know, that's not, not that's not the overriding factor. Yeah, OCs come and go. Yeah, that's Georgia. I'll, they lost Mike Bobo. Um, excuse me. They lost um, to the NFL. Yeah, uh, Todd Munkin. Todd Munkin. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Todd Munkin. They also lost their defensive coordinator to Oregon, Dan Lanning, a guy who I think that in the future yeah. you'll probably see back in the SEC at some point in time. Um, you know what but, Nick uh, Saban is saying? Huh, how does it feel? How does it feel to be? The the program that everybody the vultures come in and try to take your entire staff away. How's it feel? I've been going through that for fifteen years. Well, hey, look, man, if you can replace Dan Lanning with Will Muschamp, you you're all right. <laughs> you know, like you're I, be I'm, okay. <laughs> I'm still totally convinced that Will Muschamp, if he's not the best, he's one of the two or three best defensive coordinators in football. Like I just He's, His resume would back that up. His resume yeah. would absolutely brilliant. back that up. And look, if you look at the first two years of Carolina, he actually overachieved. I, yeah. I mean, I, I, he did. 
There, there were a number of things that went wrong for him there, just like there were a number of things that went wrong for him at Florida, and he'll never get that uh, chance again. But I could see he was going to get another big-time job opportunity. Because in yeah. case you've noticed, nobody's winning at Florida these days. Nobody. So that wasn't all Will Muschamp's fault. So, and Will was an elite defensive coordinator at like three different places. Always well, a very good recruiter. waiting at Texas. That's right. He was supposed to replace yeah. Mac Brown. Hey, by the way, right. that hadn't that that's gone away. You remember that was kind of a thing for that a while. That was a thing, like, yeah. You yeah. know, head coach and waiting. Yeah, there's no more of that. Nah, <laughs> nah. No, no. We we gave that a, we gave that the old college try and then realized there's no loyalty in college football with anybody. Players, head coaches, assistant coaches, uh, none of the. Above. I think Will and Jimbo closed the door on that too. I mean, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Hey, let, let me uh, quickly because I know we got to run to break, and then we'll do the drive around the SEC. But uh, on the subject of loyalty, I, I mentioned my fiasco with a certain insurance company uh, that I had to go with because my car is registered in Georgia, but I still have uh, real uh, real estate in South Carolina, and thankfully go through gary patterson with that and some other policies uh again it's very important to go with an insurance guy you can trust and is going to be there for you and not nickel and dime you when something does go wrong that's why they call it insurance right that's really the whole point that's why you're shelling out thousands of dollars for these policies uh don't get burnt go with somebody you feel good about i can tell you'll feel very good about gary patterson check him out garypatterson.net longtime south carolinian and lugolf Covers Columbia, Midlands, Lexington, Camden, Blythewood. My guy for over 20 years. That's uh, Gary Patterson of State Farm. He'll do a terrific job for you. He's one of the better-looking people. That he is a good-looking guy. And you can see him on TV very, as an very, official. Yeah, uh, yeah, very, 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 very fond of Mr. Holding, Mr. Patterson. number 20. Hey, by the way, we don't talk about NFL business. on this show. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, this just in. Kadarius Tony is lined up completely off sides. You yeah, have to call that. This is not why a controversy. A Good <laughs> Lord. Oh, man. I mean, I've seen worse. Uh, no, you haven't. Not not called. And as again, this is the, one of the positions I played in high school. As a wide receiver, you have the ability to put your arm out, signal to the side judge, hey, am I on the line or not? And they'll tell you. It's not their requirement as the official to say, hey, you're offside, Step, go back a step. You don't have to do that. And if you're Kadarius Tony, you're not even the primary receiver. What the hell are you doing? But that's the same type of mistakes he made as a college player at Florida. An inc- incredible talent, but there were some things that came along with that. But the fact that people are still yelling and screaming about that, that, that yeah, why? Could, because you lost the game because Kadarius Tony made an unforgivable mistake as a wide receiver. You never line up offsides as a wideout. Sorry. Yeah, I, I I don't understand why this is a th- it's a thing because he actually scored. It wouldn't have been a thing if he was stopped. Nobody would even be talking about it. Uh, they'd be like, well, he was offside, so he lined up offsides. That's it. Whatever. But right. he scored, so it becomes a thing. And then you, you know how this works, Mike. People who actually don't see the video, they just hear about it and then they tweet about it. And that's kind of the way things work. But, well, I th- I yeah, think I'm not, people... I don't know why why is this a thing. He was lined up. He was a foot across the line of scrimmage. A lot of people have favorites, too. Like, I love Pat Mahomes, but I also love Josh Allen. And Josh Allen takes a whole lot of crap from some media people that do not clearly do not want him to succeed. And they're cheerleader. They got the pom-poms from Mahomes and Lamar Jackson. And at every turn, they want to, to crap on Josh Allen. The fact of the matter is, all three are terrific talents. Um, the fact of the matter is, Pat Mahomes is not having his best year. He's just not. 
Um, I, I tweeted out that Sun. I watch a ton of NFL on Sundays. Josh Allen and Pat Mahomes both deserve better wide receivers. The fact that they have the crop that they do for for two future Hall of Famers, like you need to get them some wideouts. Do a better job. Come on now. Just saying. Yeah, I think There's the thing that really goes unnoticed about this whole thing is, you know, how about the football IQ envisioned on Travis Kelsey? <laughs> to even oh, have terrific. that in it. I mean, my goodness. I mean, yeah. that's what really kind of gets lost in all of this. And it was an unscripted one. play. Man. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's just, yeah, he had the wherewithal as he was going down to notice, hey, I got a wide open guy five yards but, behind me there. But they really <laughs> missed the cheetah. And that that dude oh, yeah. is just I I've never seen anybody like him. I mean he is he's unguardable. No one can cover him. No one. He's the smallest guy in the field, but I've never seen th- those kind of quicks. Never. And when you had him and Kelsey and Mahomes and Andy Reid dialing up your offense, it's a miracle they didn't win more Super Bowls. But. Yeah. He is a difference maker in Miami, and the Chiefs clearly miss that dude. How did we not know more about him in college? Who? What college defensive back was able to cover him? I'd love to know. Um, nobody that comes to mind, but well, nobody. There's nobody because nobody in the NFL can cover him. So exactly. But yeah. I mean, he had some off the field stuff. That's why he slipped in the draft. Um, but man, oh man, he is a unicorn. I've never seen a dude. Oh like yeah, that. and he played in the Big Twelve, Mike. So there is no defense in the Big Twelve. So to speak, well, he, he he played at uh, was it not what, Oregon West State Alabama and Oklahoma State, right? Oklahoma State. I thought it was Oregon State. Is Oklahoma State. That's what I'm looking. That's what I'm looking at here now. And maybe Oklahoma, I don't even remember him at Oklahoma State. Uh, Garden uh, City, Oklahoma State, and West Alabama. Oh, West, but yeah. but not Oklahoma State. Oklahoma State Wait, is listed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't remember him at all football, there. Oklahoma State. Did he put up any numbers in Stillwater? So, let me see. This, he was. So he was a transfer, of, right? Yeah, I think he bounced oh, yeah. around again. He he got into some. He got into some stuff. Yeah, that's why he's not a, like a first rounder. He got into some stuff, and then he got into some more stuff. And Kansas City was like, mm, "Do we want to cut him?" And please the. The media and throw the lion to the wolves. No, 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 no. We're not cutting him. He's pretty much a unicorn. We'll we'll weather the storm and keep him. Yeah. Quantrell Crazy. says Tyreek was a dog at Oklahoma State. Yeah, and I don't think he. No, he yeah, he cowboy. was released after being arrested in 2014. Yeah. No, he like I said, he went through he went through some stuff. Yeah, but mm-hmm. Quantrell, he was a cowboy, not a dog, right? I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> All right, we got to get a break. Hang tight. <laughs> Drive around the SEC. The dry break. humor of Jamie Bradford. <laughs> hey, Gamecock fans. Mike Morgan here. During my time in Columbia, one of my favorite places to eat was Salsaritas. When I go back now for work or any other reason, it's still Salsaritas. Yeah, I'm like you. I love tacos. I love Tex-Mex. Where are you going to go to get them? Well, you've got two convenient Salsaritas locations, one in Lexington in the Target Center and one in West Columbia as well. Now, if you like tailgating, and who doesn't? Whether it's for a football game or anything else, they've got the catering hotline. Get yourself some Fiesta packs to take tailgating. 
tailgating. Get yourself the Three Amigos bundles for tailgating. They make catering easy with a fresh, hot setup. And again, you just call the phone number 803-543-6297 to set it up. You can also look them up online or you can even download the app. Salsaritas is just a cut above the rest. That's why they're serving williams Price Stadium and the South Stands, also serving in the Colonial Life Arena. Again, that catering hotline number, make it easy for you and the folks out there. You don't need to settle for sandwiches every time. 803-543-6297. 803-543-6297. Shop Charleston Fitness Equipment this holiday season. Major discounts on treadmills, rowers, ellipticos, and more. Proud partners of Carolina Rise, Inside the Gamecocks, and the Chiefs Sports Network. CharlestonFitnessEquipment.com, 843-388-0999. Charleston Fitness Equipment, this holiday season. It's now time to take a drive around the SEC. Sponsored by Love Chevrolet. No hassles, no all-day runarounds, no ridiculous add-on stickers. At Love Chevy, buying a car is fun. South Carolina's number one volume Chevy dealer. I-26 at Harbison and at lovechevy.com. Find new roads. Love us some beautiful theme music in the background. We love us. The drive around the SEC. Um, it's weird, guys, because I think of like what what we used to be talking about this time of year: high anticipation of the bowl games, fresh off the Heisman Trophy. Maybe that would have had a little bit of debate, a little sizzle. Uh, college basketball, of course, and what most college football fans are obsessed with right now. And you could look it up: JC's parent company, twenty four seven Sports, and CBS. It's like the running portal ticker. And every few minutes, it's just a, a new guy entering the portal, leaving one school, going to another. Kentucky just landed a running back transfer from Ohio State, Chip Trainum. I'm sure I'm botching that name. He's a former four-star prospect and converted linebacker uh, who will now play for Kentucky. Rushed for 373 yards, three touchdowns. Again, they had some some uh, studs in front of him. But Kentucky will pick up his services in the portal. It's just nonstop. And, of course, as I mentioned earlier, so you're checking on two things, to go back to my original point. You're checking on who's in the portal, and then if if your team's in the bowl game, who's opted out? And the opt-outs, they are rolling now, kids. I mean, here we go. uh, Here we go. Take off, yeah. yeah. It's like what – what what NFL draft quarterback is going to play in the bowl game? Now, Georgia's still waiting on potential opt-outs there. But you look at uh, Hartman opting out, Drake May opting out, Caleb Williams opting out. Uh, just one – and again, this will be a this – whole, this whole week is going to be full of that type of news. I mean, is Jalen Daniels going to play in a bowl game? I – wouldn't be surprised if he opts out and then the wide receivers will opt out and it just starts looking like a mash unit at that point but that's where we are uh in college football you mentioned the aj swan news visiting south carolina again the people that i talked to there they love this kid coming into the year they say he's the most talented guy since jay cutler to to don the uh, vanderbilt 
uniform, but did have some injuries, did have a couple of 300-yard passing games. Uh, the, the huge news around here, and really this resonates throughout the college football landscape, is Dylan Rayola. Again, a five-star, just can't-miss guy, just super-duper hyped up. And now he's uh, clearly flirting with Nebraska. So you have that going on at the same time as Carson Beck going to come back for a year. He has not announced. And then where does all the NIL money fit in this equation? Because even Georgia doesn't have unlimited funds. So if you know Rayola is leaving, then that means maybe more money for Beck. But if he's not leaving, less money for Beck. And then Beck's flirting with the NFL. So do you... <laughs> this is where we are in college football. This is where we. This is the madness that coaches have to deal with. I get it. Nobody feels sorry for coaches, but man, oh man, that's a lot I of do. crap to have to deal with. Uh, <laughs> the SEC will have nine teams in bowl games, as we all know full and well. Missouri, Ohio State. Let's see. <clears throat> On the uh, juicy scale, gentlemen, I'll let you rate these. One to five. Five being the right. juiciest. Okay. So let's go with the Cotton Bowl. Missouri, Ohio State. Juicy? Well, I got to know what, the other, what they're going up against here. Uh, right, yeah, well, you're not going to have your quarterback, your starting quarterback well, I, on one side. And, I can't you know. rank them and then hear the next four games and then have to go back and re-rank them. Well, well it's uh, it's the only SEC. two. Wait, are we are we just like are we talking like? I mean, hot you're not comparing not it and contrasting it. Yeah, this is kind of hot or not. Yeah, but okay, all right, then hot, but juicy hot, or not? Is is this hot. like? We'll put it to you this way: if Jamie Bradford is is at his home. On December, you're really thinking about this way too hard. So it's not the SAT. December the 29th, if you're at your house, are you going to make a point of watching Mizzou, Ohio State? You're going to be like, nah, yeah. I'm just going to grill and drink some bourbon. No, I'm watching it. I'm watching it. Okay, yeah, so that's yeah. juicy. Yeah, you have it on. That's okay. Missouri's, a, Missouri's a favorite in the game, by the way. Well, I'm not surprised. I mean, team probably rolling in there, right? Yeah, like I don't. they don't have any opt-outs right okay. now. They, that's the benefit of not having like a ton of guys that are just ready to remember um, uh, the wideout Burnett. Did I get that right? Burden. He, uh, Burden. Burden. I'm sorry. Luther, Burden. Yeah. He's not draft eligible, so he's not going to opt out for the draft. I mean, if you're going to come back and be in the good graces of the Missouri fan base, you better play. So Missouri's got no opt-outs. Ohio State does have opt-outs, and something tells me they're not done with opt-outs. So that'll be December the 29th. That'll be the Cotton Bowl in Arlington. The Orange Bowl in Miami, Georgia-Florida State, December the 30th. I have a feeling this is going to have a lot of opt-outs before kickoff. Juicy? Yeah, of course it's juicy. They're going to beat Florida State by 50 points and prove to them they should have been nowhere near the playoffs. Yeah, yeah. Even with the opt-outs, I think Georgia just stomps Florida State to put stomps an end them. to this discussion. Yeah, awesome. <laughs> Chick-fil-A Bowl uh, here in Atlanta. Ole Miss, Penn State, December the thirtieth. Ole Miss does not have any not opt-outs. No, juicy. juicy. Yeah, Ole Miss. Mm-hmm. Oh, Penn State's a three and a half point favorite in that game too. No way, yeah. Ole Miss beats. Them. Oh, what? Really? Wow. Yeah. Ole Miss is a fun story this year. It really is. And, and yeah. you know, I've said this before. I think Lane Kiffin is good for the league. Like him or hate him, Lane Kiffin is good for the SEC. The Rose Bowl, Alabama, Michigan, January the 1 on the left coast, 5 o'clock Eastern time. I think oh, that's pretty damn juicy. Juicy? Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's, that's, oh, that's yeah. a 5.5 hey. 5 on the juicy scale. 
Yeah, you're, the, the national champion's playing in that game. Alabama. Of course it's juicy. That's right. I'm just, right. I'm just checking. One of the most storied programs think, playing in one of the most historic venues ever. Yes. If, if I'm that just making sure you guys are paying attention. That That yeah, is the good. juiciest game on the board. It's that, not even yeah. <laughs> I, yeah. I, nah, okay. snoozer. I, I watched and the parade at the game. Hey, <laughs> I wanna, what time is that game playing? Is that on the CW? Yes, it's on the CW right after Gilmore Girls. Yeah, I uh, uh, I picked Alabama in August to win the national championship. No chance I'm backing off that now. Absolutely okay. Uh, this you might have to think a little harder about this one. The Houston Bowl, A and M, Oklahoma State. I think no, half I like, the roster for A and M has opted out. I know, but Oklahoma. I, I like the game though. I, but Oklahoma State because it's probably be a the most competitive game, right? Yeah. But what is it on the juicy scale? Oh, uh, you know. I mean, Alabama, Michigan's to, a five. five. What is this? Yeah. <laughs> one, one to five? Uh, five? Five is the best? Is Jamie Bradford going to make a point of watching this game December the 27th? Oh, he's yes. been riding yes. this whole, yeah, yeah, Oklahoma State no. thing. Yeah, I'd be shocked if he didn't. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, will, I will watch this game for one reason and one reason only. Because you have said this time and time again, so I'm using your words, not mine. Mm-hmm. We all love bowl games, and we mm-hmm. will all miss football, and that's why they air these things. Amen. Regardless, amen, of brother. So. I I am there with you. Uh, I'm a man, and I don't have as many opt outs as A and M. Come after me. Uh, Gator Bowl in Jacksonville, Kentucky, Clemson, December the 29th. That'll always be the Outback Bowl to me, with a. Three dollar steak and a blooming onion. Yeah, curse these bowl committees for making us pull for Mark Stoops' team. Yeah, <laughs> but still gonna LSU. watch it. LSU, LSU, big. Music City Bowl is Auburn, Maryland. We'll speed this up in the uh, interest of time. Auburn, Maryland. Uh, Auburn coming off. I mean, they got to just, just get off the deck after the dev- devastating meltdown against Alabama. Maryland, you got a, you got a Tua's brother. I've probably seen less Maryland football than any other Big Ten school. I would agree with that. Season. No, that's not true. Rutgers, I've watched less of Rutgers. Hey, Rutgers was a good story this year. No, yeah, when they started yeah, I know, but winning I didn't watch games, it. I started kind of tuning in a little bit. Yeah. No. Do you know the Rutgers running back led the Big Ten in rushing? Not Blake Corum, not Travion Rutgers. <laughs> Uh, LSU, Wisconsin, the ReliaQuest Bowl. That's actually the um, old yeah. Outback Bowl. Sorry about that. Yeah. LSU, no, Wisconsin, oh. January the 1st at noon. Yeah, LSU big. Big. Doesn't matter if Jaden Daniels. A lot of opt-outs, brother. But a lot if, of if Daniels, Daniels isn't official, right? Not yet. Not yet. Ne- neither of those receivers. Does, if you grab that 11, that's why people are waiting on this thing. They ain't grabbing that 11-point line right now. No. Daniels opts out. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah, that whoops. line's going to change dramatically. Listen, LSU's second team against Wisconsin's first. That's really <laughs> what it comes down to. Bet. Yeah, probably still a safe and, and this is the last uh, statement of year one of the Phil Longo. We're going to open things up at Wisconsin offense. And finally, the Cheez-It Citrus Bowl in Orlando, Tennessee, Ooh. and Iowa. Can Iowa get to six points? That's the question Dude, on that one. I don't like you self proclaimed like, unstoppable versus the immovable object. Yeah, I, I just 
I don't know, man. I, don't... I mean, I'll watch the game, obviously. I mean, but, like, that game just has blah written all over it. Well, and the problem is that's a lot of traffic, too. So that's, that's January 1 at 1 p.m., the same time as LSU-Wisconsin, and there's some other uh, bowl games that day and night. So I... That could, well, that could easily LSU. be one where you're Liberty doing a honey list. Liberty and Oregon's at one. Much more fun game to watch. That is a great story. Yeah. Uh, I don't know how Liberty's going to do, but that that is a great story this year. Oh, they're going to get beat, but like there will still be points in the game. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 17 and a half, I think, is Oregon their favorite. 17, somewhere in there, 17, 18 points. And Chadwell, Jamie Chadwell's coach. So. Yeah. Is Bo Nix going to opt out? I mean, I don't, I don't think he can opt out. He needs to play. Like, that's what some of these guys don't understand. Saban hit the nail on the head. I'm, I'm just a big believer in Nick Saban, so I'll regurgitate anything he says is truth. <laughs> and uh, he said it last year. I mean, play the game. You, you, you get better by playing, not by just, you know, going to some little room and working your muscles out. Like, play the game. You're a football player. I, play. I completely agree. And I wish more people shared that sentiment. Unfortunately, a lot of them don't. All right, one basketball thing on the way out. SEC in the net. We talked about it last hour. Carolina 28. This is where the SEC ranks uh, 1 through 8. Tennessee 1 at 10. Bama 11. Auburn 22. A&M 23. Those are all four teams that I'd be shocked are not in the NCAA tournament. Then Carolina at 28. Mississippi State at 30. Kentucky at 39, uh, and Florida, who I've got on Thursday, uh, at 43. Those are the top teams in SEC basketball right now, according to the net, which really is the only thing that matters more so than polls or the RPI or your mailman's opinion. Uh, The net uh, rules all in college basketball decision-making, and that is our Love Chevy drive around the SEC. For those that weren't counting, six SEC teams are in the top 30. Gamecocks, fifth of those six. The Bulldogs of Mississippi State right there at number 30. All right, uh, let's hit our final timeout when we return. Uh, You might not realize what today is. We'll tell you here on Inside the Gamecocks, the show. the screen and it goes to Brewer. 20, 15, 10, 5. Touchdown Brewer, his second of the day. Pitches it to Brewer, turns the corner. Touchdown number three of the afternoon. Hey folks, it's Mike Morgan for Ryan Brewer Fence. That's right, you know the former Gamecock legend as a terrific college football player. Well, I know him as that too. I also know him as the guy that runs a great business, one of the best businesses in South Carolina. How do I know that? Well, for one, I'm actually a client of Ryan's. I had my home in Columbia done years ago, and his crew did an outstanding job just as he does for everybody else. Whether you're in the market for a fence, railings, columns, or anything in between, their craftsmanship, their experience, 
and service second to none. Ryan Brewer Fence has over 15 years of experience with consultation and installation of residential and commercial fencing and railings. Rest assured, your job will be done with an unparalleled level of expertise, and it's done on time, and they do it right the first time. Again, you're not going to do any better than Ryan Brewer, Ryan Brewer Fence. The website is ryanbrewer.net. Set up an appointment today. Tell them Mike sent you. One forty-five. Welcome back here inside the Gamecocks, the show. Ryan Brewer, Gamecock legend. I will never forget being in that ballpark that day. If you weren't there when he scored those three touchdowns, how cold it was in Freezing. Tampa, Florida. Oh, it was goodness. so freaking cold <laughs> in that ball game, and we were in the oh. lower bowl. We were sitting, Mike. Our seats were right next to the pirate ship on the on okay. that side, and we were like. So I guess like not the bottom level, but like the mid level, like sweet, not uh, not like club level is what they called it. And we were like the fourth row on that next to the pirate ship uh, on the Carolina side. And I will never forget. I will never forget going. How are we in Tampa, Florida? It is January the first, Tampa, Florida. That's why you come down here for bowl games, and it's thirty degrees. In the in this ballpark today, watching this game, it was, this game kicked at eleven in the morning, so it was that yeah. morning cold. You know, it yeah. was freezing. And the night before, for those of us that were out in Ebor City, it was much much colder. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> it felt like it was ten degrees. It did and, right after the parade that night. Yeah, and Gamecock fans ruled. Uh, yeah, Ohio nice. State fans travel well for bowl games, but I'm gonna hear. I'm here to tell you that Gamecock fans owned close. Tampa. wasn't even close. Yeah. And then, as you mentioned, the early wake up call. The it was sunny. But it was freezing, yeah. um, and again, the uh, the performance that uh, that Brewer put on made for a very fun uh, post game show from the stadium uh, that day for yours truly. It was a lot of fun. Uh, today, by the way, marks one year since we lost Mike Leach, yeah, head coach at Mississippi State, uh, Texas Tech, and of course up there at Washington State as well. I wonder what Mike Leach would have to say if he were around. With the demise of the Pac-12, having spent time in Pullman at Washington State, and then seeing that entire league fall apart and move on to what they think are going to be greener pastures, we'll see. But he would have certainly been one somebody would have wanted a comment from from on that, and I, I could only imagine the speech we would have probably received after the question was asked. That's one of those pieces of news um, you never forget where you were when you heard it. Uh, I. And I had done a Mississippi State game a few weeks earlier. I had them against Georgia. Um, and, mm-hmm. um, you know, they they got beat because Georgia's Georgia. But a few weeks later, and what was a memorable week for me, it was my first uh, time calling Atlanta Hawks games on TV. And I was on a road trip, and we were at dinner at, like, Orlando or Charlotte or somewhere. And somebody, their phone hit and said, Mike, did you know about – Mike Leach? I was like, what did he say now? I figured he just said another funny thing that got a lot of attention. He goes, no, he's dead. I said, no, that's you're you're reading that wrong. It, it was somebody who was not a big college football fan. I said, you're 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 probably reading something the wrong story or whatever. But uh, no, I think Mike Leach is alive and well. And he like shows me his phone, and I was like, get the hell out of here. Yeah. And um, you know it's it's sad news when anybody dies and i it's not like i was buddies with mike leach but i just think the sport really lost a special character 
It yep. really, really lost a special character. Forget about the fact that he was a brilliant coach. Um, he was so unique. And quite honestly, there's not a lot that is unique left in college football. The guys that are doing really well are grinders and kind of kind of boring. <laughs> they really are. Uh, Mike Leach was never boring. Well, and he was honest, though. But he like that's that's what I appreciated the most about him. Like, if you asked him a question, you got an answer. Period. Yeah. Like, you were getting the answer. Now, it was unique in how he would deliver it, but he gave you an answer, and not everybody would like it. I mean, uh, he and he 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 had no fear with telling you what he thought about something. Um, I I think one of you know on in his the interest he would take in the questions that he would receive. I remember last year when Alyssa asked him something about marriage uh, and uh, he said when are you getting yeah. married well what's your husband's name well you need to elope you know and yeah. he just Same i mean money. went right into it. and Alyssa, you know lit up over that because mike right. leach gave him that advice I mean, it was really neat to see uh, i mean whether it was him breaking down every pac-12 mascot uh whether it was him talking about his favorite halloween candy you know it was always something good it, yeah. it really was and um again i we we lost a lot when we lost Coach Leach and never never saw it coming. Never never saw it coming whatsoever. Yeah, there's no question. RIP to a wonderful, wonderful football coach and man, by all accounts, uh, who you got to meet. I never got to meet him, but um, the great uh, Mike Leach. Of course, we're all continuing to monitor the portal, as we all uh, do this time of year now. it's uh, I guess there's an entertaining aspect to it, but it's not fun for the, the coaches uh, who are having to go all over the place. Um, speaking of the portal, one of the quarterbacks who entered it not long ago, DJ Ukulele, I'm just kidding, DJ Uh, he is visiting today Florida State. And I, I just uh, – it just – wow. All right. You know, because he, he leaves Clemson. He couldn't get it going at Clemson. And he had a nice year at Oregon State. He threw for 2,700. Oh, yeah. I think he ran for two or 300 yards up there. They're in the top 25. He had yeah. a nice year up there. But now he's leaving again, Mike. And, and, you know, initially when he wanted to le- – okay, so he wanted to leave Clemson because he wanted to go closer to home. Well, he's from California, Oregon State, not far. But now he's – but, you know, Florida State is not – it's on the other side, right? Like it's even further away than Clemson was. So, like – Does I, he have to get a waiver? I, I No, he's this got his the- degree. Does he? Oh, he does have his I think degree. Grad transfer. Yeah. He is a grad. Tra- How does He's he have his grad. degree that fast? I don't know, Mike. Wow. I, you know, I, you know, I, wow. I but, but but here, you, you, so like, I'm going back to something that Jay's JC um, said. Correct, fat, fat little girlfriends. I remember when he said that. <laughs> Matt. <laughs> Class. Only he could get away with that, Michael. <laughs> Only he could get away with that. Uh, Marcus, thank you very much for for wishing me a happy birthday. I appreciate that. Um, but I'm going go back to something JC said. You know, no disrespect to anybody out there. Can't trust any of these kids, man. No. You know, they sit there and say, no, I'm shutting it down. I'm 100% committed. No, you're not. No, you're not. I want to get back closer to home. No, you don't. You know, the Tez Walker situation, by the way, he just opted out of his bowl game after yeah. all that. Okay. And then, and then they wrote letters. They had the governor of North Carolina. And I thought he should have been eligible, too. But the governor oh, gets yeah. involved, and he's writing a letter. And, and well, yeah. I want to be home because of my sick grandmother and all this other crap. It's all crap. And and you know what? I don't blame people that don't believe any of this stuff because I don't. There, there's no reason to, because they tell you one thing, and then they can 
they can go do another, and, and we keep seeing it over and over. I don't mean that disrespectfully, but I would just give all the players, you know, a little advice. Just shut up. Don't say a word. If you want to transfer, transfer. Don't speak to anybody. Because here we are. Here we are. And <laughs> as, you're, as, you're, exactly, as, you're, as you're following it, uh, if you get guys in the portal, it's the best thing ever. When you lose guys in the portal, you feel like a jilted lover. You just you feel scorned. Yeah. That's that's where we are. It's neat, it's neat to see who you bring in because it's that's that, there's an entertainment phase of that. Oh, there's like, no that's question. That's what that is. That's entertainment. This is, We're following this along. Yeah. This is a hell of a lot more fun to follow than recruiting. Cuz in recruiting you're following 17-year-olds and you're watching like high school tape. Yeah. And you're watching like a a 200-pound running back plowing over linebackers that look like us. Mm-hmm. These are proven commodities that we all know and have seen, and we know what ability they bring to the table. There's not a gamble. There's not a risk aspect for most of these guys in the portal. You know what you're getting. That's why it's just too shiny an object for coaches to turn down, even coaches who recruit well. They'd rather have the proven commodity and fast-track you know, their program as opposed to just relying on recruiting classes. Now, they have the best of both worlds. Again, if you're Alabama and if you're Georgia and Ohio State, you get the pick of the litter in recruiting, you get the pick of the litter in the portal, life is good. But for everybody else, the reality is is much different, uh, different, and you have to make a choice. Are you going to put all your eggs into this basket or that basket? And you want to be good in both, but if you just decide, as Dabo, if you just decide, well, I'm putting all my eggs in the recruiting basket, not the hell with the portal, you do so at your own peril. It'll bury you if you don't. I mean, you have you have to you got to get you have to dip into the portal now. You you literally have no choice. You've got to do it, and no you might not want to do it, but you you have no choice because your players are going to leave your program. They're going to leave your program. Mm-hmm. I mean, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Um, I know, you know, that some people like to mock Shane now because he's preached culture at South Carolina, and then you see players leave them. Well, the culture must not be that good. It could be the best culture in the world. They're going to leave. It doesn't matter. And this happening. There's nothing everywhere. wrong with the culture at South Carolina. That is not an issue. <laughs> not that I'm aware uh, of. It, 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 I, I, I might not be as inside as some others, but I know that's not an issue. The, the challenges that face South Carolina are the same challenges that have, that have faced this program since time immemorial, okay? Uh, it, 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 some things don't change in that aspect. And with the exception of a four-year blip on the radar where there was this incredible crop of in-state talent and you had a Hall of Fame coach and you combined to put together that stretch, if you look at the other 108 years, I think I counted like – eight top 25 seasons in those other 100 years all time. Yeah. So it's, it's, it's not an easy job. It's a, it's a good job with a great fan base. And now you can say great facilities and you play in the best conference in the land, but you also have the most difficult schedule seems like every year. And you're battling a number of things on multiple levels. And every coach that's ever had that job will, will say it. They know it. I talked yeah. to Steve Spurrier about it. I talked to Lou Holtz about it. And we've had Shane on J.C. and Morgan a couple times, and I haven't put him on the spot, but I know Shane well enough, and you do well. You do as well. That They all know the challenges at that program. Uh, it, it, is, it is unique. 
And you don't just hire somebody that comes in there and starts winning 10 games a year. That's not how it works. Look at what Spurrier was year three. Six and six and no bowl game, and a lot of people wanted his rear end gone. I know because I remember. And year four, they wanted him gone. And year five, they wanted him gone. And I was like, you sure you want to fire Steve Spurrier? Like, Not in year six, though. In year six, it was like, all right, we love this guy. Year seven, I was like, this guy's a god. Year eight, it was like, I never want to lose him. Year nine, it was like, I really love this guy. He's the best of all time. (laughs) Year 10, it was like, oh, he's giving up. Why'd we give him another year? Kick his ass to the curb. Ah, I hate him. And the rest is history. Garbage. Garbage, Mm -hmm. man. Never liked him anyway. We should have fired him. That's what we should have done. We should have gotten him. Cutting down the hall with the Hall of Fame coach with the best four-year stretch and, and go heavy-handed, point your finger in his face and wag it and say, you're not working here anymore. Yeah, that's what should have been done. Yeah. I had a guy call my show on ESPN years ago, and he said, uh, we were talking about the ending of his career, which hurt. It hurt. Is what People were hurt by the ending. They weren't mad. They were hurt, and so they took it out with anger. And he, told, and he, he literally said, Mike, when Alabama called, she have just taken the job. Said, you're, 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 you are a Carolina fan. You said you're a Gamecock fan, right? Lifelong. I'm like, well, then you were the biggest of all the idiots. You got to yeah. be kidding me. Wait. Okay. I just, I, I'll tell you uh, that I've got to get – I've got a heart out today, but I'll just say a quick story. I'll never forget this. I'm getting ready for my show, and a friend of mine calls me up. He goes, Mike, are – do you have access to the Paul Feinbaum show? And back then, Paul didn't do – there was no SEC network. He did a radio show in Birmingham. I knew of Paul. I had him on my show when I was doing radio in Columbus, Georgia. But I, I didn't listen to his show. He goes, you got to listen to it. It is a riot. And it was a bunch of Alabama fans calling up. And it was Bill Oliver, former defensive coordinator at both Bama and Auburn, and someone that mm-hmm. Steve had a lot of respect for, saying, oh, it's just about done. He's leaving Carolina. He's coming to Tuscaloosa. It's a done deal, baby. And it was a call after call after call. And Paul was not disagreeing with it at all. It, I mean, the, the sentiment, if you listen to that show, you thought for sure Steve Spurrier was going to give Carolina the Heisman and go to Tuscaloosa. It never happened. Steve stayed. He had a job to do. He wanted to give Gamecocks, Gamecock football the best stretch it ever had, and he did that. It was never going to end well when you hire a Hall of Fame coach that's on his last leg much like with Lou Holtz, it never ends well. You just ride it for what it is, and then you know that you're going to have to rebuild when it's done. That's typically the way it works out. Well, we are out of time. Out. Guys, really enjoyed it this week. Um, uh, oh, shoot, I forgot to tell you. Ryan Hood, Salsarita's Fab Five champion at a oh. Lexington. Ryan Hood, congratulations to you, my friend. Oh. Came down to the tire tiebreaker with Michi Johnson. How many points did he score? I think the number was 22. Okay. But uh, Ryan Hood, your life will never be the same. You are a Fab Five champion. You get to wear the jacket, maybe uh, even smoke a pipe. But uh, your status in life and in the state of South Carolina, it'll never be matched. Congratulations. You are part of the elite. Maybe even smoke a pipe. Mike, Tobacco thank you. Safe, safe so, travels. Mike will be calling the East Carolina-Florida game later on this week. It's a very important basketball and, game. And Sunday, Titans-Texans. I'm doing that one on national radio. Oh. Shai Smith is actually on the practice squad for the Titans, but I couldn't find a Gamecock on either roster. Uh, but Shai Smith is on the practice squad, so there is that. 
Yeah, no more Clowney in Texas and no more Suckup in Nashville. I so had Clowney, gotta... I had Debo, I had Kinlaw. DeAndre Hopkins I'll have. He plays for the other side. But uh, no no Gamecocks in this one, but maybe the next okay. one. We'll see. Yeah. Guys, enjoyed it, man. We'll see you uh, next you, week. All right. Thank yep. Thanks, much. Mike. Appreciate all the birthday wishes from all of you today. Thanks to Mike for joining us. We'll be here tomorrow. David Cloninger, JC's back. And we got one other special guest. Somebody you'll know. We'll recognize him. Look forward to that. Have a terrific Tuesday for Phil and JB. We'll see you tomorrow at 11 on Inside the Gamecocks, the show. <laughs>